Here's a two-hour interview I did with Fantasy Football Couch, Hussein the Brain. It was a pleasure having him on the show, and we've got two hours of content for you. And it all starts right now. In the news right now, Todd Gurley and the fact that he's the biggest risk, in my opinion, in 2019, you think people would kind of be at least on board with that thinking or be a little cautious of him, but he still has a first-round ADP, which is kind of head-scratching to me given he's never rebounded. He played very bad in the Super Bowl. Um, he's had knee injuries in the past, and there's a lot of shadiness going around his injury and what's going on with him. And then there's a recent video uh, as of Wednesday night from TMZ of him limping out of a restaurant. Some people say he was not limping. He was walking funny. Um, to me, there was a clear point where he was definitely dragging his leg a little. I want to know your take on that video and what it means, and did it change anything for you? And I also want to know, do you have Todd Gurley as a bust as well, somebody you're avoiding at least to a certain point in a draft? Yeah, I got exact answer for that. So a lot of people have like a pimp lip or whatever you want to call it. So what you what you need to do. So I'm not factoring that video in a lot. But to to be signed, see, I'm not like I'm very exact, non-biased, you know, I like, so we're going to use a scientific method here. Show me a clip of him walking in street clothes (laughs) and then compare it to that. Right. Like before yeah. before um, like week 15 regular season. So that shouldn't be hard to find. So we find that and then compare it to that. Did he have a limp back then? Because some people kind of walk like that. Yes, he is limping in the video. So it may mean something. It may not. Regardless, I don't care about the video. Todd Girl is a guy I'm probably avoiding because knee is serious. Arthritis is serious. And um, like I'm not a doctor and know anything about this stuff, but I do work with um, a lot of chiropractors, a lot of doctors, uh, doctors on my podcast. Uh, you can talk about specific football injuries like Gronk and whatnot. And um, I also work with people in the stem cell industry. So all this stuff could help them. Um, obviously, it's it's more probably more concerning if you're in a keeper dynasty league but he's just a guy i'm avoiding in the first round like uh what is it like number seven let's just say is like a good place people are ranking him and drafting him right number seven overall seven to nine yeah definitely yeah and that's just like no that's too much i'd rather just get the top wide receiver or just any other running back like joe mixon or somebody because it's it's just way too serious. Like that's way too much risk for me. Like, and we saw it all happen. I think people aren't weighing the the pros and cons properly. Yeah, there's a risk versus reward scale that I always tell people to use. And and when you have no evidence of him returning to form, that's where the problem lies. That's where he's loaded with more risk than reward. If he had come back and maybe shown some signs that he was doing good in the Super Bowl, um, you know, there wasn't this whole like secret of you know what's going on with Todd Gurley. Nothing's going wrong nothing's going on with me and then and then he's clearly injured he's got arthritis which doesn't get better in the knee i believe the only cure for arthritis is to replace the joint um i know you can try and slow it down you can use meds you can try and you know help keep things at bay but arthritis doesn't get fixed in the knee that's not something that they have and i have a lot of history with knee issues i've torn my acl my mcl my lcl snapped my patellar tendon off my kneecap and my other knee i know quite a bit about knees unfortunately and i do know that if you have arthritis and you have issues of carrying the football at all and you're you're not going to get better you're only going to get worse and even if he bounces back let's say does some stem cell whatever the odds of him being ready for week one for a full workload are, I think, slim to none. And then you throw him in there 
late to the, in the game of the offseason and he's not prepared, he's going to get hurt. You know, I just don't see how this could end well for anybody. Yeah, the what's game. the best case scenario? There like, is they it. take it. They t- no, no, no. Yeah. Like, what's the best case scenario for a Todd Gurley owner for for redraft leagues? He doesn't, like you said, he doesn't get a full workload. <clears throat> he takes a couple games off. He's not as explosive or he's a little bit more hesitant to cut. What is that? That is not a first-round right. pick. That is not. It's not, and you know who another another guy I think uh, since we're on this topic and uh, is James Conner to me is not a safe first round pick as well. A guy that was on my number two, he's my number two bold prediction for 2018. I've challenged anybody to find stuff that is written bolder on him than I wrote last year. Um, but James Conner to me, he has, is at a level where you're paying for a guy that has tons of red flags, and I think that with your first-round pick, like you said, it needs to be somebody safe. It needs to be somebody that doesn't have a lot of risk. And with Jalen Samuels tearing it up at the end of the year, filling in for him, Connor proving he could hold up, yeah, guys get hurt. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to always get hurt, but he did get hurt when trying to shoulder the workload. And then Eddie Faulkner is the running back's coach, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who was Jalen Samuels' coach back in college at NC State. I just think that the the writing is on the wall for him to be one of those risky guys that if you put your, your first-round pick on the line, it could burn you if you don't cuff the two. And it might be tough to cuff the two because Jalen Samuels will be a very popular pick given how good of a receiving back he is. And they lost Antonio Brown. They might utilize him all over the field even if they throw Connor out there as their number one starter. And then the last thing I'll add, and then I'll get your take, is that there's been no, like, anointed, here's our starter. James Connor is the guy. Like, everyone's assuming that that will be the case, and one of my predictions is going to be that that, that kind of becomes cloudy in the coming weeks and months. But I'd love to get your take on James Connor because a lot of people do like him. I don't believe what when people say that anyway he's the bell cow he'll be fine just like how todd Gurley was going to be fine for super bowl and that didn't happen so um but yeah, yeah todd Gurley, just real, like um super bowl was the ultimate test like that that takes out all the bs it takes out everything and he didn't perform super bowl so that's a pretty good test like we've seen that with Todd Gurley. anyway uh with the, with this james connor thing but so where where would you draft james connor there's got to be a play like todd sure. Gurley. like for me i'm drafting him in the third round that's not right. gonna happen right so right no where would you and, draft connor and, uh, and you know what i've got a lot of hate on that when they say where would you draft Gurley? because there is a line in the sand and it's not flip-flopping um I find it so funny when someone says you flip-flop when you like a guy and you don't like a guy. It depends on ADP. Everything is about ADP. Everything. If it's about James, 100% if James, about ADP. Yeah. yeah. If James Conner fell to the uh, late second round, I would probably take him because I would then overreach and, and cuff him to Jalen Samuels. He's not going to fall to the bottom of the second round, just like you said with Todd yeah. Gurley. Todd Gurley I would take in the third round, and I've said that, and I've got ripped apart from people. Oh, I'm never taking your device ever again in some comments on uh, Instagram on that, which is funny because I said I'd rather have Dalvin Cook than, than Todd Gurley. Now, are there scenarios where I think I would trade, draft Todd Gurley to trade him? Uh, yeah, there there are scenarios that enter my mind, but if I drafted Todd Gurley at all, it would be to trade him because I can maximize the value. But here's the one phenomenon I think is so funny in fantasy football, and a lot of people don't. There's like a gap, a gap where a gap in logic to where somebody you'd have five or six owners not willing to pass on Todd Grady in a draft because they don't want to look stupid. They feel like they have to take him. But as soon as the draft is over, if you were one of those five owners, the other four owners won't trade for him for anything. 
And it's just a funny thing. So if you go ahead and draft Todd Gurley, don't just assume because other people would have drafted him that you're going to be able to trade him for what, even close to what you want. So that's that's, why. that's a league to that's league culture. That's yeah, that's league to league. Because you, I always tell people. Um, they ask me like a complicated like math question and i like the numbers but yeah. i'm like hey you're trading with humans yeah and they're like what does that mean i'm like yeah <laughs> you know we could talk about this I, I said we could talk about this uh trade scenario for 80 minutes 100 minutes and uh tell you exactly what i think and then at the end of the day the guy could just be like no i don't like you yeah or you know your mom's yeah. ugly <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know who you're or, like, yeah or the guy yeah, like one know. of the guys in my, my buddy leagues that i do is like I don't feel like trading. You could offer him your entire team. Like, I want to see how this plays out week one. That that guy's the never trader guy in your league. That just... yeah, I call it trade hater. Trade yeah. hater. And sometimes a, le- a league, like I have one league, my main league is a trade hating league. So it is It is what it is. I'm fine with it. You just got to know. You just got to be in – you just got to keep yourself in check. Let's get yeah. back to Connor. So I disagree with Connor a little bit. I like him more. Um, let me put it like this. So I'm not in love with Connor. So I think like Lev Bell's ahead of Connor in my book. I guess some people, I guess it's kind of mixed. You know, a lot of people think Connor's ahead of Bell, yep. Bell's ahead of Connor. So I don't love Connor necessarily. And you made some good points, but if you're drafting a running back, you want to Connor. And is Connor's there at the end of the first, beginning of the second, which is kind of pushing into being a second rounder already. Right. But I'm saying like, that's kind of your guy. There's not really any workhorses left there. Uh, I guess, you know, Derek Henry, more risk, but could be better. I guess he's being drafted way later, I assume. Top of the fourth. That's kind of late. Oh, he's on my list. Ridiculous, you want me? You want me to talk about sleepers? And, oh, yeah, uh, okay. We, we can. He's on mine too. I love that's it. no. That's yeah. That's actually a bad example because that's way too yeah, late. Yeah. Um, but anyway, well, no, so it's I, actually I, a good. Uh, but who, it's actually, well, let me sum it up yeah, like this real quick. So if you're gonna not take Connor, I think you got to take a top wide receiver there because there's maybe not too many running backs to take in that range i mean it depends you know it depends on so we talked about oh it's all about adp also flow of the draft so depending on the flow of the draft there's a good chance there's going to be just connor right there or an elite wide receiver so you would have to take that elite wide receiver unless you're going to go reach for yeah, Derrick Henry, and that's second round might – I don't know. He'll, he'll, his ADP will jump. You know how ADPs go. Just like NFL draft, how someone's stock goes up or down like all of a sudden, Derrick Henry's is one of those guys whose stock will go up. He'll be like an early third rounder or maybe – probably actually second. I see him like more close to a second rounder. I think he'll level off in the third at some point, but I think that you're – to your point – if you want to pass on a running back that's there and you go with, like, let's say, a, uh, you know, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. has fallen that far in some drafts. You know, if you took Odell at the top of the second or something and then take your running back in the fourth versus take your running back in the second and your, and your wide receiver in the fourth. So I think that, that that is a good approach, especially Devonta Freeman and, and Henry are both falling. They're like the last of the top five to ten running back potential guys that are falling into the top of the fourth round, which I think is an insane value for both That's those guys. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, Freeman's crazy because uh, Coleman's not there anymore. So it's just like, hey, man, if he doesn't get hurt, you're balling. Like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. And and attach Edo Smith to him, which, you know, he's not an insane player that's going to go nuts if he gets in there, but he'll be efficient enough. So if you can't handcuff the two together, you're covered at your running back, yeah. too. And I think that that is – and that's uh, – I believe you commented on one of the posts, I think, uh, Fantasy Football State of Mind re- – 
posted one of my topics of drafting Mahomes. Yeah, I, I made people choose. You had Mahomes in an auction and no running backs. And then you had Mike Thomas and Antonio Brown. And I think it was uh, 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 DeAndre Hopkins. But you spe- let me let me sum up your post because yeah. uh, people would like you know I'm in touch with this ADD community. So <laughs> so basically it was a good post. So basically you had Mahomes in both scenarios. Yep. Okay, you had Mahomes and the dopest two running backs. That's A. And then you had Mahomes and the dopest three wide receivers, or let's just, you know, three super elite wide receivers. And you're like, choose. So essentially, which, and I said, you know, at my first instinct, which is like the dumb instinct, which is a lot of people commenting, we're choosing, um, I think, man, what did I choose? I choose, did not chose, I chose the wide receivers. Yeah, I chose the wide receivers because I was like, oh, you'll be able to trade that. Like, how often you're going to have three elite wide receivers? So it's like, all you, with that, with the three wide receivers in Mahomes, all you're tasked to doing is drafting one sleeper running back. Right. If you can get one startable running back, you'll make that team work because you can draft a you can get lucky or you can draft a deep sleeper running back um, later, or you trade one of your wide receivers for an awesome running back. People are always willing to do that that don't have because what and what, and this is another thing that's kind of crazy. Once you draft those three wide receivers. The white the scenario kind of changes and is like oh there's only three or four more left so it's like there's going to be teams without wide receiver ones mm-hmm. like even more so that like there already is there's already going to be one or two crappy teams in your league yeah but if you get those three wide receivers there's a higher chance that there's going to be more people that don't even have a wide receiver one so they're and, so desperate and to get. there's a higher chance of you triggering a trend where people are taking all wide receivers and that literally you're waiting you know 10 12 picks for your pick and only like one or two running backs go so it's a way to kind of change the dynamic of the draft so, and the flow. Yeah, those high-end rb2s yeah. and low-end rb1s will be available yeah, so like Freeman, Derek Henry, you know, yeah. all those guys will be there yeah. to take for cheap too. So probably. that's one of my favorite approaches in in 2019, especially in an auction. You can pull it off more in an auction. You can do some trading to get some some draft picks up high enough to do that kind of uh, maneuvering. But in an auction, and I'm a big fan of, of Pat Mahomes investing in an auction. At I know there's a lot of QBs that have value. I get it. I hear it. I've been doing this for 15 years. I hear it over and over again. Yet year after year, people regurgitating, you have to wait on a quarterback. But what I tell people is drafting Mahomes earlier or bidding on him in an auction is not a bad approach. It, nothing's a bad approach. You have to draft to your strength. And if you're a good wide receiver drafter, sleeper wide receivers are your thing, then you do need to draft to your strength and, and draft wide running backs early. Um, or if you're the guy at landing sleeper running backs, it sounds like you and I are, are the same in that. Um, then going wide receiver, wide receiver, even wide receiver again can work for guys like us because we're we're stacking the Jalen Samuels uh, this year and the James Connors of last year. Um, I load up on all of the redraft rookie running backs because one of those guys is going to pop. Um, and like you said, a Freeman or a Henry is going to fall or somebody of that you know caliber of that nature. So I, I tell people, make sure you draft to your strength and don't listen to anybody that tells you there is one way to go. Like you can't take a quarterback early. That's stupid. Um, you can take a quarterback early if it works for you. Um, but uh, that scenario, I got more flack on having Mahomes involved at all than people answering the questions and not liking, you know, the player. What does that have to do with anything? I know it's a non-factor. Yeah, 
Mahomes is sexy. It makes the post more sexy. Gets I know. it more likes. Yeah. Like, what do you what do you want him to put? Matt Stafford? What? I don't understand why people got because A has Mahomes and B yeah. has Mahomes, and it's like it should just get you. It's a social media post. It should just get you excited that you're getting Mahomes. Yeah. So I don't understand why people got mad at some fictional thing posted in like March or April. I don't even understand. Yeah, that. Baker Mayfield, love him, hate him. Where's he rank for you? Top two or Close. three? Too too bold. Um, yeah, top two or three is probably too bold, but like I, I'm more towards the love. Like I was a huge fan of his. I bet that the Browns would win six plus games last season. I, I was trying to get the bet at 5.5 because they really liked it there, but it got lucky and, and I got the, you know, six and, you know, Baker Mayfield, what he did and Tyrod Taylor almost messed up the bet for me, but, um, closer to love. I, I, ranking him top three, it's, it's a, Seems a bit bold to me. I'm not as bold as you. I got Mahomes one, uh, A Rod two. I think people aren't aren't factory in the fact that they're gonna they're gonna get back to what they're good at, um, and I think they'll have a good running attack this year, which will balance things out. But I think A Rod number two, and then I have uh, Mayfield at three with Watson and Luck, and those guys are all kind of you know right there competing so, for that fourth spot. So it's, so so you're you're bringing him. Let's just put it like I'd have Mayfield. Um, so I have them higher than most, but you have them you have them way higher than even that. So um, I'd put him ahead of Newton. I'd put him ahead of Matt Ryan probably. Um, so now it's tough because we have Breeze, Russell Wilson, Watson, and Luck, and that's just kind of tough to rank them ahead of those guys. I do have Mahomes one, Rogers two. I mean, I guess I see it's possible because like I don't know. The offense That's a is, tough one. It could go. Mayfield was amazing. Yeah, the offense is just going to be. I feel like even if he never, like he played a game or like two, three quarters and never threw to Odell, he'd still be pretty good. Because defense, I mean, yeah. the defense has still got to worry about him. Like he, he'd still put up good numbers because that's kind of what he did. Yeah. He did it with a bunch of nobodies and, and Jarvis, and then uh, now if you add Odell as like a, even a decoy, that's already making the offense and, better. And between Chubb and, and Hunt, they really are genius in setting up this rushing attack. Like however they divide it up might frustrate fantasy fantasy owners. Who cares about that? <clears throat> Talking just football, what an amazing move to get Hunt in there uh, and have that dynamic rushing attack that literally is the best you know one two punch. Well, Hunt's in the more of a off field thing. No right. one's like. Gosh, I would hate to have a guy of his right, talents. Right. Like he's not like the elite of the elite, but he's pretty dang good. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I mean, of course, if he works out and uh, you know he learns from his mistakes and uh, yeah, I mean that's obviously. And then you have uh, I call him Puke Johnson. I know I don't even hate him, but I just call him Puke yeah. Johnson. But he's he's awesome at what he does. You know, pass catching, scat yeah. back. Uh, lining up whatever he lines up as a receiver um, they even talked about wishbone mm-hmm. a little bit I'll, i think they'll just mix it up like i don't think they'll do anything crazy most of the time but i think we'll see a couple things like two running backs on the field at the same time maybe even three just to just to put the defense on their toes and they can do it like it, it'll it'll work yep david njoku is a, a breakout tight end i think this year he has top five tight end potential we can get him late so he's one of those players that if you're targeting a tight end late you don't want to invest early like i typically do He'll get enough targets though, because there's so many good receivers and, and playmakers, and then uh, Mayfield spreads the ball a lot. I feel like I think th- I see so he can work, but he I think he'll be a little touchdown reliant, like most tight ends are. Yeah, I think he will be touchdown reliant, but I think he'll get enough of them 
something around the 8 to 10 range, which will make him really, really relevant in fantasy football. And I think past the top three or four tight ends, it really does get get thin. So he'll, by default, it's I think. thin like that. Like, yeah, yeah, like that. But to address your point, Travis Kelsey survives, and I know he's Kelsey. I'm not comparing the two. But Travis Kelsey survives very well in an offense that spreads it all around. And I think that what people don't factor into is that. They spread it around. I only they throw it at two people. Well, they. I mean, I start. I start those other guys uh, in like DFS. Like what, yeah. what's his name? Demarcus Robinson, and then Chris Conley's on another. I've started those guys plenty of times, like in DFS <laughs> well, and stuff. But usually doesn't work out. But like when there's enough, I don't know if they spread it. They go to Tyreek Hill and and Kelsey and the running. Well, the running backs. But I think that what my point being that I think there's going to be more offense, uh, more yardage, more touch touchdowns to go around so it's going to make it a little easier but yes i don't think he'll have a thousand yards but he'll have uh, an amount of touchdowns that's going to make him by default be considered a top you know five tight end so like like tyler eifert kind of when he was that one year he did good like that's his upside you're saying uh, i think he could have more yardage than that i don't know how much yard how many yards he had that year but i think you know 800 700 800 yards and like 10 scores is definitely doable for someone like Najoku in that offense that's going to be near the goal line a ton they're going to be one of the most aggressive offenses in the nfl they'll be similar to feel to like the kansas city chiefs where it's like this offense is just explosive airing it out scoring from all over the field doing all like you said mixing it up and doing all kinds of crazy things um and and just hard to contain and i think that that's gonna when you have a team that's gonna be near the end zone and in the goal line situations and in the red zone often it creates a lot of touchdown opportunities for everybody, which is why Mayfield's going to have such a big year because I think he'll have a, a, an insane amount of touchdowns when we look back and reflect on his season. They'll be like, wow, you know, just like Mahomes, people did not necessarily see that season coming. <laughs> and I think that that's going to be similar to this. Even though people do like him, they're excited about him, and how could you not? Um, I think the Browns were – I actually talked about the Browns making the Super Bowl before the Odell Beckham trade, and uh, – he got laughed out of a few rooms for that, but now everybody's like, "Oh, they could definitely maybe make the Super Bowl." Um, I actually bought a Super Bowl ticket uh, for the Browns to to win. Just you a Browns to, fan or something? Uh, I'm a big uh, fantasy fan. Um, believe it or not, I started in fantasy football, not even liking the NFL. That's one advantage I think I had when I started back about 15, 16 years ago. So I try not to claim to be. Uh, at roots a fan of a, a team when I wasn't there from the beginning because I started in fantasy uh, but they are one of the teams that I do love follow and I'm very excited about uh, the rise and them finally being a team that's not going to get oh don't worry man I'm a I'm diehard Niners fan yeah. like from day one I don't use that I don't there's nothing that affects me yeah <laughs> on that draft because yeah. uh especially like when you're talking about aaron Rodgers, are you in arizona that's yep. the state you're yep. in so like in like aaron Rodgers, i feel like that's a cool place like i like aaron Rodgers. like i feel like you, you can maybe get good value but like if you live in green bay or some places in the east coast like wisconsin or even like sometimes california because you know he's he's he, he actually grew up like not too far from me so it's like that might be hard to get him, but yeah, in some leagues he'll he'll fall down. You'll be able to get him, but uh, with Njoku, I think that's cool if you can get him as a bargain. He's definitely a guy I wouldn't reach for. Tight ends are yeah. tight ends are the messiest, grossest like thing. But but here's one thing that I've noticed with tight ends. 
the person, the winner of every league almost all the time, and I'm going to put some kind of poll to get like a bigger sample of this. This is the formula that I've seen almost all the time is the winner always has a top five, six tight end and never takes the first tight end off the board, which is usually too early. So the the winner never takes like Gronk first um, or whoever the best tight end is. And they always have a good tight end. I never really see um, a winner of a fantasy football champion with a tight end that's not top five, top six. It's almost like that, you know, that getting that tight end is so important late. And I have a list ongoing. It's in my book and I, I write about it all the time. Um, was it Julius Thomas, 2013? Yeah. I'm just going off the top of my head. Yeah, but it, he was like – I picked him off off free agency, yeah. by the way. So he was going like round 15, 16, 17 was his ADP because he never, he played like one NFL game yeah. or none or none, whatever it was. So um, – and then uh, I know 2017 was Zach Ertz. The least – like the one that's not super obvious was maybe Martellus Bennett one year when he was really good. Um Evan Ingram, I think, was okay. Also, uh, was it 2017? So, the, and the last year was George Kittle, mm-hmm. the obvious one. So every year, and if you can find that one, and finding that one, that's like one of the things that's so, so, so yeah. difficult to do. And I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It's so hard to do. But if you find that one tight end, you don't need him. But it's so advantageous to draft the tight end later, and he ends up being top five. Or top six, like I'd say in a ten team league, it's got to be top five, and in a in a twelve team league, preferably top five. But top six, you may be able to win still. I feel like that's a like like just bring just bring, and, and this is just one person. You know, I'm talking to you. Just bring a couple champions in your head. Did did you ever see one without a top six tight end, or or see one that did overdraft and get Gronk first? Because I feel like that's so rare. Yeah, I, probably is more rare than I can you know think of somebody winning without. But I think that Najoku falls into that basket, so that's why. I do like him a if lot. If he works out. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. but you scoop up a couple guys, you know, one of them is going to work out. But sleep, yeah. sleepers, obviously, you know, uh, sleeper you, uh, which I base my side on sleepers, is definitely what I focus on, like landing those guys. So Jimmy Graham, uh, oh, during his okay. rookie year, I wrote something at Fantasy Pros back in the day during Jimmy Graham's, I think it was his second year or rookie, rookie year or second year. It's been a while. He's so long ago. Um, and they featured it on one of their articles because it was I had it like astronomically higher than any other of the experts that were polled on it. Um, so I do like actually targeting tight ends, quarter actually every position, but uh, tight ends um, especially, um, and then running deep sleeper running backs uh, it, it are definitely what I would say my bread and butter are. Um, and then you know QBs I've hit a lot on too, um, Russell Wilson before he's even. Uh, the starter was one of the bold predictions I wrote back in the day. Dak Prescott as well. I know those guys aren't aren't you know the number one fantasy QB, but a lot of people didn't see them even coming. Um, but I love sleep- yeah. Russell sleepers, Wilson man. wasn't supposed to start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was so, that other guy Johnny Flynn? No, I don't even. Is that him? Whoever they pay? Is it the Raiders quarterback? The I, Packers backup? I believe Who so. Would, I believe so. But I have so weird how people just disappear, and it was like Russell Wilson's like. I know going to be the backup and then yeah i I had him on my top 10 bull predictions before he's even a starter i put my balls in the line that year with uh, russell wilson so um yeah not to to toot my own horn but mahomes was one last year number one and uh james connor was number two and the james connor jalen samuels duo was written before bell was even talked about holding out 
Um, so there's nothing even in the holdout in the prediction. But that's what I love to do. That's my bread and butter. It's been for 15 years. Hey, Smitty hit me up, and he's like, "We talk. What, what are we talking? He's like, we're talking sleepers and busts. I was like, Ugh. I, was like, I don't want to talk about this. And what is it, like three weeks before the draft? I was like... <laughs> Man, I want to talk about what I want to talk about. Well, That's what I'm going to do when I hop on this show. But wait, wait. And then I'm like, um, yesterday, I'm like, let me give this guy, let me see what's up. And then I, so I wrote down some sleepers and whatnot and some buzz. And then I forgot what else I want to talk about because I started getting into it. I forgot like <laughs> the real topic I wanted to talk about. And then, yeah, I forgot you're a sleeper. You sleeper. You okay. That's what uh, now I understand. That's duh. That's what you do. But yeah, I, I don't even remember. The other like topics I wanted to talk about. Well, I got lists. I got lists of my sleepers. Keep, keep thinking, but let's hear some of your sleepers. Your turn. Oh yeah. So um, you know, like sleeper. The definition of sleeper <clears throat> is loose. You know, and I don't even want to get into that. So like, it is April. So I'm just gonna go over like underrated players, and some um, will be considered sleepers. Some will be considered value picks. Blah blah blah. It's all that's all semantics, right? Yep. They're just basically underrated players. So Jameis Winston. I'm start with the like I got the positions first: QB, RB, wide receiver, tight end. And uh, I, they call me the kicker whisperer. I, I call myself that, and then like two people call me that too. But um, so anyways, the quarterbacks. I got Jameis Winston. This is like the most. Not this is not a shock, not a sleeper, not a surprise. I feel like everyone else has him as a sleeper, therefore not making him a sleeper at all. But here's why I have to put him on this list is because obviously Bruce Arians, but because Jameis Winston always has that potential, that upside. He's a playmaker. Uh, he's also a bonehead. As I put it, he's a bonehead on the field sometimes and off the field sometimes. So he is that high upside, high risk type of player. And just like almost everyone, I, every player I talk about, he's a type. Like in Joku, I'm not as high on him as you are, let's say. But if the bargain is there, I'm de- I'm definitely taking him on the offense that I absolutely love. And offense, I'm gonna have fun watching. Like, I'm gonna watch the Browns. Who's not Browns are must watch football. Yeah, they're like the they're the Chiefs. And like year. you say, and like you say, um, I'm drafting another tight end too. So it's like, and I'm probably going to pick up another tight end off, off waivers at one point. So it's like, you know, I'm doing it if it's a bargain. So, um, Jameis Winston, though, like, I think we all know what the deal is. Bruce Arians, he has that upside. I think some people don't recognize his potential, and this is kind of like a breaker make it year for him. And th- this is it, like. Who was like? What's going on with the Bucks pre Bruce Arians? Like there was nothing good. Like what's his name? Cutter. What's uh, whatever the coach's name was. And, and, God, um, and Godwin is a guy that's going to emerge from all this as well. Um, Chris okay, Godwin's got, on my list. Yeah. Oh, he, sorry. Another, I'll back off. <laughs> that one's another like not surprise either. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm going with uh, just just really quick Kirk Cousins. I just feel like I don't like him at all. Um, let's say, but um, I draft guys I don't like because their ADP falls like 10 spots maybe because all that's going on is ADP is going to fall 10 spots and I get like a low-end QB1, maybe a very consistent QB1 that could finish um, top 9, top 8 easily and I could get him for a QB2 price. And then I got Derek Carr in, in deeper leagues or uh, as your QB2. absolutely love picking Derek Carr. I've obviously got to see, you know, if the Raiders do anything insane in the draft, which you can never rule out. Well, they, they probably will 
draft like a DK Metcalf or somebody to put opposite uh, Antonio Brown. And it's funny, people judge Oakland before they've even had the draft. The draft is going to be the biggest part of their, their transformation. So funny how they're, people are not on top of the fact that their their offense and defense could change dramatically after the draft. They're going to focus on defense early. That's that's said and done. But that doesn't mean – with all their picks, they have what – Four picks in the top thirty-five, or was it three, three or four picks? Three, three picks in the first round, I believe. Okay, so that would make him four in like the first, the top the, thirty-six or thirty-five, whatever, because they have that the pick in the second round, which is a super yeah. high pick. So whatever it is, four picks in the top thirty-five or thirty-six, which is insane. So, and I'm I'm very confident they're going to focus on defense, but yeah, they could use one pick on Metcalf or something I, I like that, will. or wide receiver. They have gotten. Four real wide receivers in free agency, which I don't think I've ever seen done before. I don't even know if I can name them. Here we go. Ryan Grant, um, Antonio Brown. Um, who else? <laughs> Two more. Uh, Tyrell uh, Williams. Tyrell Williams. Ty Williams. And then an- another one. I think those- uh, Was it J.J. Uh, Nelson? J- John Brown's on the Bills. They got somebody, somebody like that who's like not horrible. So they got four NFL wide receivers who started at some point in free agency. So that's telling me they're really helping out Derek Carr. And if they're, you know, we'll see. They could if they go get if they do get, get Metcalf, which is like the sexiest pick. Um, people are gonna make Derek Carr a sexier pick, and his ADP will skyrocket. Right. So all depends. Uh, what's going on? Do, do you want me to go do some? Oh, you know, I could, ta- I'll, I could toss a couple or just comment to yours and then yeah. we'll go to the next position. But I think, Winston, you're right on the money that by default that offense is going to probably crank out top 7 to 10 QB numbers in fantasy, and that's that's by just default. And I think Godwin is one of my bigger uh, breakouts this year. I think, like you said, a lot of people see that coming, but I think he can still play you know, really, really well, better than people expect, because Evans is always kind of banged up. So not only will Godwin play amazing when he's opposite him. Or double team. Or yeah, or double team. Double. There are times when Mike Evans is going to get hurt, and you might have Godwin dancing around the low-end wide receiver ones or high-end wide receiver twos for a couple games at a time. And then some total, he's going to have, I think, a monster year looking back. So I love the the Winston call. Um, I think Mayfield's my top breakout QB. And then I think uh, uh, Josh Allen has some upside uh, that that as a you know guy that you could even get as your first backup off your bench you know those are two QBs that I hundred percent agree with that. hit me with some runners um oh for uh I also have like some oh people I don't like or do oh yeah hit, no yeah no sure hit it. I'm a Cam Newton hater. Like, I just go on record saying it. Like, I don't want to deny it. Like, people are like, you're a hater. I'm like, yes, I'm a hater. I don't like him. But still, I'm still non-biased. I actually think he's better than most people think because what's the label? He's inaccurate. I just don't think he's inaccurate. I, I He's not – who's who's the most accurate QBs you'd say? Because when they say accurate QBs, Drew Brees yeah. comes to mind. Who else comes to your mind when you say, like, super accurate? You know, I don't know if Rodgers is up there every year, but, you know – I would imagine. Ryan. Okay, my, minus last year with all the right, screw-ups right. going on, yeah. I'd put him up there yeah. too. Bra- I'd also put Brady up of course, there. Who, yeah. else, who else you think? Uh, man. Um, are, uh, that's, all I, that's all I got. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd have to look at some numbers, but I think and that... 
Anyway, that t- that upper echelon, that's not doing. Cam Newton by any means of the imagination. So I'm not saying he's you know awesome like that. But I don't think he's super inaccurate either. I think he's a good quarterback, amazing runner, yeah. uh, just ignites the offense when he's on the field. You know, he's a playmaker. But I, you know, I don't really like his personality much, but I don't let that affect me mm-hmm. when I draft him. What I really don't like, and I believe this strongly, just in life lessons I've learned, with a guy like that and also like quarterbacks, just I don't see him as much of a leader. And I think he did better. He proved me wrong a little bit last year because I felt like he carried himself better. But with all these leaving the press conferences and not falling on that fumble in the Super Bowl, which is like you can learn from that stuff because that stuff is old. But the main thing is putting your quarterback in harm's way is just it's insanity to me. It's it's not the formula to to be successful i think a quarterback needs more longevity and this is what opposing defenses do they try to purposely injure the quarterback or at least send a message because it's however you want to put it it's bad it's not good whatever this is football and i'm not trying to let a dude beat me up like i'm not gonna i don't want to lose so it's like stop running dude and people will try to injure him and i've said this before and i I didn't want to post like told you so because this i felt like it's not right to say stuff like that but i did see that actually happen in the year with um i don't know if it was i don't think it was keanu neal it was he got injured but the other safety on the falcons lunged himself at him hit him in his head he did get seriously injured and i just don't like to see that from a quarterback and I also have lamar miller uh sorry lamar jackson on this list because uh, I actually now here's a guy I really do like and and I don't hate running quarterback that's not the thing here but I feel like he's gonna get you rush yards he's gonna do that and then there's also that injury risk that yeah. I just talked about and then they don't have any wide receivers it's just disgusting it's they're in such a bad they cornered themselves so bad and and I watch like PFF's videos. They're like, you don't necessarily have to draft a wide receiver in the first. I'm like, what are you going? What else are you going to do? Sure, you could use a couple pass rushers. Like that's, and I think they will get some. But like, you do. You really need like you should draft four wide receivers in this draft, at least three. Like, what are you, dude? Who is catching the ball there? Like, they got two or three. They got like two okay tight ends, but they're not even like that great. Who's catching the ball? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a huge uh, Cam Newton fan. I'm also not a huge Lamar Jackson fan either. So they're definitely not on my radars this year um, as well. So I think those are relying both. on uh, Tim Tebow's stats from Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I can't do it because yeah. he's not I, like you're not going to rely on the passing stats. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So you're relying on the dude to rush the ball 16 times. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't hop on that board. There's it's 20 a, other quarterbacks to draft. The Mark Ingram show in 2019. <clears> so. Yeah, Mark Ingram's going to get a ton of carries. He's, he's, even if he's, even if he splits, he'll get he'll get work uh, close to Bell. He's coming up on your list. I can <sighs> see it. <laughs> no, I don't kidding. have I'm him. Kidding. I don't. I don't have him. But no, that's. Uh, I mean, that's a good one. Like I just admitted to that. Like yeah. like I said, even if he splits, he'll still probably get close to workhorse numbers. Like they're going to use Mark Ingram, obviously. Yeah. Oh, um, so sleepers, I got Le'Veon Bell. I'm a huge believer in him because, like, you always got to look at the O-line. The O-line is so important when it comes to running back success. It's so much more important. It's like opposite position. A quarterback can change a whole franchise. A running back usually can't. But there are special running backs. We saw it with Saquon Barkley. Ezekiel Elliott added a pretty big dimension to the Cowboys. I'm not going to argue whether he's good or bad. I'm just saying, like, it makes a difference with a few, a handful of 
special running backs. And that guy is Le'Veon Bell. You're not just going to pay a guy all that money and not give him the ball. Like He's going to get the volume. He's a great pass catcher. I would take him at top six. I like Le'Veon Bell. You know what's funny is that everyone's starting to warm up to the idea of him being your number one running back. But after that, especially before the Jets signing, uh, but definitely after two, everyone talking about how they're going to avoid him at all costs and comments and stuff whenever I posted anything because I'm huge on Le'Veon Bell too. I posted a lot of uh, graphs. I do see those comments. And it's too, like yeah. it's like what his he it's not the same thing that he he held out an entire year, so he's fresh. But yes, he's maybe out of shape. Whatever he's got an entire off season to prepare. It's not the same thing as when a running back or a receiver holds out to week four, gets shoved in there, and then gets hurt because they're not prepared. He has the entire off season to get ready, and who knows if you know that healed up some lingering in- injuries for him. The last time we saw him play, unlike Todd Gur- Todd Gurley, uh, the guy was going nuts. So there's no reason to think until we have evidence kind of like an official to overturn <laughs> until we have evidence that he is broken down or is not the same back. He's the same back to me. So I'm on board with that as well. I think he is in an auction, an amazing running back to, to draft because you're going to get him at probably equivalent to second round value, high second round value in an auction. Yeah. Cause he's not tier one price for auction, which is cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think there is risk with his like, – I don't like the way he handled himself and all this stuff. But like that's a risk I'm willing to take. And I don't need to draft him top two, top three. So it's like mm-hmm. – or auction, don't need to pay top two price for him. Right. So I'm willing to take that risk. And we'll just – We'll call it like this. We'll call it a wash. So yeah, he's been you know sitting out. He had some issues, this and that, and also which which you can make some negatives. But then you got to talk about the positives. Like you talk, man's had some time to rest, yeah. and that's good for a running back who yeah. touched the ball like four hundred times. Like I like I like my guy to rest and be be ready hey, to go. He can, will be ready to. Can go. Can I throw out I, something controversial to you? Just get your take. How crazy is it to think that uh, he had some some. Uh, some off the field drug <clears throat> issues before, right? So, uh, how crazy is it to think he was going to fail a test is the reason that triggered a holdout? <laughs> you know, I've talked to a couple of people about that before, but is, is there another reason do you think he didn't come back when everyone thought he was going to come back? That was one thing that crossed my mind. I know that's total speculation, spreading rumors like crazy, but I wondered that myself if there was some. So- so um, I'm actually friends with a lot of NFL players and know a lot. And, uh, you know, like I didn't want to post anything about this, but like Sports Illustrated came out with a video with ex-NFL players and about marijuana. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, shoot, they really like released all the secrets. So like I think um, so that rumor is like valid. Like it does make sense like to be a, to be con- like, you know, to think that it might be true. But it's just it's probably not because all you got to do. There's a time there's a time window. So it's like um between this time and this time for four months you can't smoke weed. That's it. And then there's a test day, okay? So after this test thing, which is like either in May or June, whatever it is, like around that time, there's like a period. It's a window, okay? And we all know <clears throat> Approximately weed gets out your system in 30, 40 days, whatever it is. It's Some say 30 days, some say 60 days, so let's just make it like 30, 40 days. So you have this window. You don't smoke. Then that day passes. There's like a 
how do I put this? It's kind of like a celebration day. It's like a, you know, it's like a unofficial holiday for some players. Once that day passes, you're clear. So you got whatever seven months. I just wonder if he fail. slipped up and, and so, didn't yeah. come back because of but, that. <laughs> but most people are able to have enough willpower to not slip up for twenty million dollars. Right. So that's all you got to do is not smoke for like two to well, four months, dude. Didn't he? So, and, wasn't he and Legarrette Blunt uh, together? Uh, yeah, they, they were caught. like in a they were in a Camaro with a, with another blunt, not yeah. not not Laguerre. Yeah, with the yeah, they got caught. Yeah, he had some issues with with weed, and it's like that's so. I'm saying that's definitely like a possibility. And then he was already maybe considering this, and then he's like, "Well, dude, I'm definitely not yeah. doing it now. Now that I know I'm I know. gonna fail, like I just smoked." Uh, a ton of weed so no that i've never heard that rumor so it's funny no, but it's um, fine <laughs> yeah it's it could be true but i hope i i enlightened you and some some listeners on how kind of it yeah. works i don't know if you knew those specific details um but they're, and they're getting closer and closer to not being as harsh uh with it i mean especially with these players that uh that are always hurt and, and you know like you got to be a bit crazy to play in the nfl at least for a long time yeah. and for them not to allow them to to take something that probably at, at like it probably makes you worse player like it doesn't like help you yeah like I, I like i feel like adderall is probably like better for you because it makes you focus you know like yeah. uh from what i i never took that but i'm just saying like uh like for baseball players people were telling me like it helped it, it's it's a um it's a what's they call that a enhancement whatever yeah performance enhancement drug Adderall because I wonder how they hit those pitches you take Adderall you're able to more concentrate on those pitches so yeah. that's a cool rumor man and it might have some validity because <laughs> cool no the dude the dude seems a bit crazy yeah so, like, I, I've just always thought it uh, I haven't said it on YouTube or anything but I've, I've definitely had that conversation and just for some reason I feel like throwing it at you um, but uh, one guy I will say, and if you don't mind me interjecting with a couple sleepers bef- you know, in between yours, sure. but Dalvin Cook is a, a player that I really love in 2019. I think he can be a top five to ten running back, and the biggest pushback I get on that is I'm not drafting him as a top five running back. That's the funniest thing. I'm not saying to draft him as a top five running back. Similar to Lev Bell, Lev Bell has a top five potential, easy, but you don't have to top take three. him. Yeah, top, top, top three. Top three. And you don't have to take him there. So the risk becomes very low and the reward becomes huge. Dalvin Cook, going at the end of the second round, you're not paying anything close to that risk that people are trying to avoid. People are like, I'm not going to pay that. He burned me one year or whatever. Uh, even if he missed three or four games, he'll probably earn you the value you pay in the bottom of the second round, top of the third. So if he doesn't get hurt, he's a top five running back. Um, so he, crazy he's playing that late. Yeah, like 18, I would say 18 to 20 is about his ADP. Maybe even in some cases. 20. 21 on fantasy football calculator PPR right now. Yeah. 21 overall. Falling. So uh, I love Dalvin Cook in that second round. Absolutely love it. You know it. they're going to draft the running back, though. Well, uh, the Vikings. It, could, it, it probably will be later, though, so it won't be like a yeah. direct threat. It'll probably be his, his back. And running backs fall so far in the NFL draft now, any team can take a running back. You'd almost be dumb not to scoop up a, a Devin Singletary or LJ Scott or somebody like that at the very late end of a round. Like fifth, like yeah. fifth round, sixth round is a sweet spot yeah. to get a nice backup running back and uh-huh. compete. I, He'll probably be RB2. Yeah, so anybody can face that. <laughs> it sucks. It's the, the nature of the running back position in the NFL draft nowadays. But um, we'll see. And LJ Scott's a guy I think people need to keep an eye on. Got that Ev- Le'Veon Bell-type-esque uh, game, but he is very injury-prone. So his downside. 
Well, I got I got Derrick Henry here on my list. That's a pretty obvious one. Like if he gets the bulk of the carries, he's he's a weird. This is a weird running back because it's like you have to use him specifically. And the way the NFL is going is like backs like Saquon, Le'Veon Bell that can just do everything. And Todd Gurley, you know, if it wasn't for that injury, now that he's been catching passes amazingly the past two years, like that's what the league is going towards and I, I get that you don't want just a runner uh, but with derrick henry if used correctly he could be pretty good I, I he could be better than leonard fournette what's his adp uh, you had it up yeah i have it up I, I bet you it's at the top of the fourth round yeah very first pick of the fourth round in a Steel. ppr 12 team 12 teamer yeah that's absolute it's like no I see that it's no risk. You know, bro, anything you see that you're so confident in that you know is smart, his ADP will go up. You say like mid-third, that's no. It's going to go way up. Trust me. Especially if they don't draft a running back, it's going to go up, up, up. Like it, it just is. Like it could. No way. Like it, it will go up. Or we'll see. Here's the thing. Like we can see like a clip of him at practice or something and, yeah. and it'll – crazy maybe just oh. standing <laughs> over all the other players yeah just standing. <laughs> here's a clip of how tall he is. <laughs> i say that i actually say that on i'm like look at that defensive end yeah people are like that's a running back i'm like Dude, I'm, but where but where's the risk i mean yeah, every, no risk. he has probably one of the biggest hate fan clubs i'd say uh especially if you go on reddit what's funny about this this topic is at the end of the year I was asked by a user, who is the, the last player left in the NFL that's currently a rag that could turn into a rich? And I did a video two weeks before he had his 400 or his 204 TD game. And I said, the only player left in fantasy football that has rags to riches, and I'm talking about top five running back upside or nothing, is Derrick Henry because he was playing a backup role then. Um, I don't know how much you post on Reddit or ever been on Reddit, but brutal place to be <laughs> get abused on reddit no matter what your stance is but i actually posted that video in a red subreddit topic and yeah. i got blasted for that have you ever watched football do you even know anything this guy's an idiot this guy's a joke and i i naively went back to that topic after he broke out and had that monster game and i got ripped on more saying he predicted it late you were late on it <laughs> so it, it's a funny reddit's a funny place i don't know if you ever guys ever have content on there but man they're a rough they kick me out of there i'm not welcome on right yeah they're a rough crowd uh, but i <laughs> but uh i love your, i got your i got damian williams on here but then like i'm looking at his adp it's like kind of high mm-hmm. i didn't look at his adp before what's it at so like um 23 overall Ooh. late second that's high. so like i don't feel like that's a steal anymore because i'd rather have derrick henry you know in round three or four right um, but Damian Williams, they did get Carlos Hyde, but I mean, has Carlos Hyde really been like, I'm going to be the starting running back? Like he's been on so many teams. He's always yeah. hurt. If not, he's getting, he's busy getting shipped to another team. So mm-hmm. it's, I just don't see it as that much of a threat. I think Damian Williams was the perfect fit for Casey. And I said earlier that if I had to choose between Hunt in his prime days in Casey or Damian Williams, I would go Damian Williams. I don't know what it is exactly, but it just fit perfectly. And I mean, stats prove like, did he have one bad game? He balled out every single game. Yeah, he's good. It was insane. I like him. So, 
yeah, and but you do have you, there is worry. Like Hyde is something to worry about. I just wouldn't worry too much. Like he's not like oh he's going to take over or it's going to be a fifty fifty split. I think that's unlikely with Hyde. Well, it comes down to the ADP, like you said, and so that's what yeah. I think is funny when people stick to their guns no matter what. And so you're showing perfect uh, evidence of what I think a good fantasy owner does. They're like, hey, I like him a lot, yeah. uh, but the ADP, you know, that's so, like that's value. That's like exactly. Like probably where, where he should be. be, you know what I right, mean? Yeah. Right. So it's like not that much because I see Chubb like right ahead of him, who I like a lot, and then before, and then right before Chubb is Dalvin Cook. So I mean, we got a lot of yeah, you know, like Dalvin Cook. I mean, at least at this point, has no risk of you know spreading, uh, sharing the workload yeah. or anything. So that's got to be and, a better. And the Vikings will be a little bit more run heavy, so they'll funnel everything through Cook in the running game. Who cares? He catches all the passes. Right. Too. He's right. good, good pass catcher right. too. They'll go, you know, whoever's yeah. Whoever is a quote-unquote workhorse or like yeah. you know getting a ton of snaps at RB? I'll take him on any team. Yeah, yeah. The total... <laughs> give me, give me anyone getting ninety percent of the snaps and at running. That's back. the funny thing about the uh, against Alvin Kamara argument. Whenever they were talking about will Ingram stay or will he go, or when Lat Murray was signed, people are like, "Oh, is that going to hurt him?" You don't want Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook getting more than 200, 210 total rushes. Uh, you know, they're they're you don't want it. So why would you want him to be the only guy? So, uh, you know, same thing with Cook. I, yeah, I agree. Even if they drafted back, I would be too concerned. But it depends on the name. If they drafted Montgomery, I'd be a little bit more bummed than if they drafted, you know. I guess it's it, what's important is the goal line. So I, I do see their point, too. Like, is he stealing goal line carries? But I love Kamara because he is a better receiver than most wide receivers. So, and everyone plays PPR. Who do all you guys play? Yeah. St- caveman standard leagues um i don't hate on that like i say i say play in any league that you and your buddies you and your league makes have fun yeah but let's just face it non-ppr it's caveman yeah that's that's old no one plays it anymore so it's like so i'm just saying using that you know to talk about camara uh which will play ppr and when the man catches five passes a game that's five points so if he got zero rush yards Zero pass yards, yeah. zero receiving yards, and he catches his usual amount. That's five fantasy points. I'll be disappointed. That's almost a touchdown by just catching the ball. I'll be disappointed if he doesn't have 80 receptions this year. So that's, you know, that's he's my 1.01. I have a video on that, too. He's my number one overall pick in 2019. Uh, that's crazy. It's ludicrous. I don't think so. I think. Uh, but he is top three. Like, he is, he yeah. is really good. And I, I'd say this like, if it's a, if you're in PPR. Um, you're not far off because that you know, like I just said, PPR. He's just going to be amazing. Yeah. I, I think he's the safest running back to draft, given the offense, given the situation, given the track record. Uh, what does he have? Uh, f- fifteen averages over what? Fifteen touchdowns a game. What are his stats? Um, over fifteen hundred yards and I believe over fifteen touchdowns. I mean, his he hasn't had a bad season. Um, you know, I know he's not haven't been in the league long, but I just mean he is the definition of consistency at the running back position. When you look at the numbers, I mean, I I, I find it very easy to take him at, at the one point oh one. But I have Zeke Elliott at one point oh two, not too far behind him at all, especially given the uptick in receptions he got as soon as they acquired Amari Cooper in Dallas. And then I have Zeke Elliott. I'm struggling to have him at the three spot, but I have to. Um, I think Odell Beckham Jr. leaving is not a great thing for him. Um, you don't like Saquon? I like Saquon enough to put him three, but I I, That's low. I don't have yeah I don't have I think it's gonna be he's gonna see more eight man fronts less yards per carry and just have a tougher time getting into the end zone overall because that of- offense is gonna be better with Odell gone. Uh, just I know it's weird saying because look it didn't work with him there. 
but what's I that, think, Odell? <laughs> e- Eli, uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not even gonna like spec like what's going. Like Eli and Odell didn't work that great. It could work with Mayf. It just didn't work. When I go back and watch the film, like it was just weird, and that's one of the reasons they got rid of Odell. Not saying it was the right move, but saying that it just wasn't working. I don't know what it was. I felt like they were better two, two, three years ago. Od- Odell and Eli. Yeah. It wasn't working this past year, and that's I don't know what the reason was. Maybe Eli felt pressured to throw to him when he shouldn't, or. Uh, I don't know, but it didn't work out. And so when, uh, as a Saquon Dynasty owner, I was super pissed. I was like, okay, well now he's gonna see, you know, he's not gonna be able to do anything. But when they got Golden Tate, I was relieved at least a, a little, little bit. bit. Yeah, yeah, and I was saying like, okay, this is good for me. I don't know what the Giants are doing, but you know, it's good for me. Yeah. Anyway, my my next guy I got on here is Latavius Murray, and I don't really feel like talking about him. I just feel like you know, if you can get him at the end of the draft. Um, it's kind of cool, you know, kind of cool as a handcuff, too. Um, that's how I feel like. I feel like you're Jalen Samuels handcuff. That's kind of that's kind of whack because, like, you might have to pay up for him. So it's, like, not the sexiest handcuff. You mentioned a, a couple more handcuffs that were, like, made more sense. Um, and then this one I think will probably make sense, too. Like, I feel like you, you can get Latavius Murray uh, way cheaper than most handcuffs because – People are really on this Mark Ingram hype train, which is like Mark Ingram is good, but I don't know what he did to for people to why people talk about Mark Ingram all the time. I don't even know. Well, I think he's going to get volume, and uh, in an offense that's going to be able to get him a lot of yards and opportunities. No, so. no, I agree with that. He's. I just yeah. mean like I feel like out of all the hot topics to talk about, people are talk about Ingram more uh, than they like. I don't know. They just put him on a pedestal. Like that's what I mean because like, because Mark Ingram is such a hot topic mm-hmm. makes Latavius Murray not such a hot topic. Well, oh, what a downgrade! Yeah. We're going to Latavius Murray, which it is a downgrade, but it's yeah. like I don't care. Well, but you're talking deep carries. You're talking deep, and that's a good pick to, to stash in your bench. Mara went down. Um, he would be the bona fide you know guy in an offense that's going to you know produce good numbers. So um, it would that would work the same if he was still with uh, the Vikings, but. Um, yeah, yeah, I think exactly. I think he's not a bad yeah. not a bad stash whatsoever, and I think the presence of Kamara is going to make him really cheap. So you're right, yeah, right on the money. RB three if you're going heavy wide receivers early, or RB four yeah. more than likely if you're going more traditional and an RB four slash handcuff, which is which is great. Yeah, yeah. Everyone thought that 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 Lat Murray signing I think hurt Camaro, which is crazy though. You know, like I like him. I I too would cuff him for sure. And kinda like my Samuels grab, um and I like to grab Samuels without drafting Connor. I'm that guy. Um it sounds like you might be that guy drafting Lat Murray and, and not Camara. You'll be the guy stealing him away from the, the Camaro owner. Well if I got Camara I I could handcuff him. Yeah. And uh, I like Samuels too. I just feel like sometimes people might think like you, and he might get drafted earlier yeah. than, than I want him. Other than that, I do like Samuels yeah. too. But yeah, no, I like Latavius as a handcuff. Or yeah, I might I might take him late because uh, you know it, we got we got to be in reality here when people are like oh it sucks like come on dude Kamara's not gonna get 400 carries like it's just it's stupid yeah. it's like doesn't even make any the way they use him is pretty close to perfect yeah like, that's how yeah. it needs to be used get 10 to 15 carries and be a basically a wide receiver for a lot of snaps. he needs 200 carries max and then he needs to get his he, and that puts him in the closest position of, of having an insane amount of receptions 80 90 you know if he's getting the right amount of rushes 
So I, I love him at 1.01. Who you got at – or you got any more busts or anything, or are you going right to wide receivers? Wide receivers. Okay. So um, DJ Moore is one of my favorite guys just because he's going to be the main guy in Carolina. Do you know what's happening to Greg Olson? Is he going to be uh, – Taking waiting spot in the booth. What's going to happen? I don't America? know. Uh, I, I haven't kept up on Olsen, but uh, I don't think he knows either. Yeah. So whatever's happening to him, Olsen is like he's almost done. Yeah, it's not done. He's like the he's like the steak that's already well done. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like my steak medium, by the way. And if it's expensive, I like it medium rare. Mm-hmm. Don't cook steak well done, guys. Don't do that. So he's already well done. And so li- leave him a little bit longer on the. On the grill, and it's gonna get like it's gonna be burnt to a crisp. Yeah. That's what Greg Olson is. He's basically done. They got rid of Funches. No more Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, DJ Moore. Other than C Mac, DJ Moore is the guy. Lots of potential there. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. And then I got Calvin Ridley, who if Julio Jones sees triple coverage. Uh, Calvin Ridley could could take a step forward. Those two are pretty close. They were drafted close. They're both you know sophomores. Couldn't agree more with Calvin with Calvin Ridley. I think he's going to like uh, uh, in the example of Godwin, only to an even bigger degree, uh, dance with high and wide receiver twos. And if Julio gets banged up, enter that wide receiver one category for stints during the year, and then again some total be a top. Uh, a wide receiver, high wide receiver too. I think he's the future of that offense. I think that this time next year we'll be talking about Ridley and not Julio is that top wide receiver, which I think a lot of people call crazy, but I see a tremendous talent. So I'm in agreement that he is a big sleeper for 2019. Roddy White. Roddy White was the guy, yeah. and then Julio was the guy. Yeah, and now you're saying they're passing the torch. Yeah. We'll see. I think Ridley's going to need another year to be like considered elite, but we'll see. Year three is probably be that year, but yeah. Um, Chris Godwin, I got on here. You know, Bruce Arians, we talked about that. Yep. Um, surprisingly, Dante Pettis is not, his ADP is not high, but it's just April. So yeah. his ADP will skyrocket just like Derrick Henry. Yep. And even though Derrick Henry might go up just a round, higher like 10 picks higher 12 picks higher Dante Pettis will probably go several rounds higher uh, and then I got Kiki Cutie because Will Fuller is always hurt and Kiki Cutie even if Will Fuller doesn't get hurt he's gonna be good I, I just feel like he's good like he's gonna get those targets and could be a little bit overlooked with depending on this Metcalf hype and you know what happens in the draft I think you can sneakily get Kiki Cutie. I feel like these other names I listed are a little bit more higher profile. Cutie and Fuller are probably one of the only, I could think of, handcuff situations at wide receiver in the league that makes sense. Because normally you handcuff running backs, but you could actually handcuff (laughs) those two wide receivers and probably one of them will be very productive. And if, if, when and if Fuller gets hurt, Cutie steps in and, you know, Cutie might be better than him right off the bat, but I just mean that's that one situation where it's like, you know what? You can almost cuff those two guys. Don't do that if you have a shallow bench because all these people that talk to me, sometimes they have shallow benches. But if you have seven or more bench spots, uh, that's a possibility. But if you have five bench spots or shallower, you can't be – you probably don't handcuff anybody. You probably can't own either of those guys in that league. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got seven in all our leagues basically. We got seven bench spots or like nine in Dynasty. I think it should be more like 10 or 12. You got any openings, throw me in. Which one, dynasty or any any, any league? league? I do a, I do probably like fifteen a year. 
That's too many. Seven, seven is the max. Because <laughs> that way you got to be into it. Yeah. You know, like I feel like I'm gonna be into. Like I talk to the people in the league and this yeah. and that. Like I'm really into it. I compete. Fifteen takes away from your brand. Like you don't have. If you're really into all fifteen, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but uh, I, oh. I'd say I'd say, uh, I'd say I'd probably honestly do eight. To nine. Okay, I've done eleven. Yeah. Like I got this narrowed down to a number. So yeah. four is my sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, four is already a lot, um, and I, I'm really into four of them. Like that's cool. Four or five. Um, seven is like the absolute max. I never like that, that's my rule. I will never ever go above seven. So this year I'm planning to do more best balls. Everyone wants to draft with me. Everyone like this and that, and you know they want to be on the Let's Draft series. So I'm like, dude, we'll just do a ton of best ball leagues. You know, put a dollar on it, put ten dollars on it, like whatever, you know, just like or do it for free even a couple times. And it's like, you know, that's cool. I don't ever have to look at it. And I won't tell you right now, I ain't going to look at all of them. Well, I'd say I do do about eight to nine if I had to guess, eight to nine for my site. And then I do have a couple buddy leagues. So the number does actually near ten or so. But Oh, my God. Yeah, but I've been balancing it like that for – 15 years so i'm i'm used to it but it does oh, make you it, you do have to prioritize some of the leagues like some of them aren't you know that active to begin with so you know i'm i'm active i'm probably the most active in most of my leagues but i send a lot of trade offers i'm a madman with uh trade wow, offers. are you crazy i got some questions for you though okay. so um i guess we'll start with this one so golden tate like he was really good on the lions this last year i mean not i didn't say really really good but he was still like pretty good and then he got went to the eagles like do you still think this man's got it like because i want to know your perspective on that. um i okay so i know we, we kind of have different perspectives on that situation in general so i'm kind of thinking that uh you know while I think he could still have, and I'm going to pull up his stats here um, so I can be accurate with what he's done in the past, but I think um, in a different situation, I would probably think he could have another good you know, year or two left of being maybe a very productive wide receiver three or four in fantasy, um, but I don't have faith in that offense at all, and I don't um, – I, I mean, I have faith in Barkley, but I think, again, he's going to face a lot of eight-man fronts. And it's not that I don't think Barley's worthy, Barkley's worthy of a top three pick. That's still mad respect to say, hey, the guy's number three. Um, but I struggle to have him above either Zeke Elliott or Kamara because I think that offense is going to be limiting. Um, do I think he can get – so let's look at last year's stats. Um, look, half, how, less than half the season was on the Lions, 517 yards. Yeah. Um, and 44 receptions. So that's pretty good because I know he had a little – I mean, it's, a, it's not like the best offense in the league either. Yeah. So I think he did really good on the Lions. Then he went to the Eagles and disappeared for most games. So then he, I mean, the stats really fell off. Yeah. But I've, I've watched him too. Like he wasn't – there has been games where he's got – like he did nothing. I think most games. last year's stats were 74 receptions for 795 and 4. Could he do that but again? Eight, eight was on the Eagles and, and seven yeah. was on the Lions. I think, and I think that was night and day with the teams. I think eight hundred and five would be the max I'd expect out of him, but that's me. Um, I'm not saying that he couldn't do better. He only has, uh, I think, three thousand yard seasons in his you know eight or nine years or whatever he's played. 
Um, so, you know, moving teams is never a great thing for wide receivers. Some wide receivers can pull it off. I think that Antonio Brown will pull it off. I think Odell Beckham Jr. will pull it off. But those guys are elite talents, massive talents that go, you know, into situations where, you know, I think they're, in, in Antonio Brown's case, will get fed the ball a ton and it'll work out. In Odell Beckham Jr.'s case, you know, he's going to be in an offense with a good rising star quarterback. You got Tate, who is going to, I think, fit that trend of not. I think having as good a year as people expect changing teams and changing offenses. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe even matches his totals from last year, 74, 795, and 4. That wouldn't shock me at all if he had the – So you think he'll be all right. Yeah. Like he won't yeah. be anything you have a bit of excitement for. No. Gotcha. Okay. And I was actually talking uh, fantasy and real life yeah. too, so that's what I – He helped. Know, like. He helps. I mean, when they got rid of Odell, I thought – People are crazy to still have Todd or to help Barkley, to still have Saquon Barkley number two, number three. Um, I think he's still top five, but I thought it was it was crazy. Once they got Tate, I'm like, okay, I can kind of buy in as that at that third spot now. But here's what's up though, bro. Odell has, hasn't played much the last two years, so we did get to see Saquon yeah. without Odell and it's without a good Tate. It's a good point. And you still, you, you still. I mean, even though you don't like Tate, I mean, you still think he's at least for mid, like he's start worthy. Yeah. So it'll help. So I'm saying, like, we saw Saquon. We saw Saquon and 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 in college too. Yeah, we seen and like there's a clip of him in college where he gets tackled before the handoff but, and stuff. But like, I do I do think it's a little different for a team to go into a season or go into a, you know a string of games or no well well in advance to like they have nothing else. We're going to shut down Saquon this year, you know, and I think he'll just be focused on more this year than he was last year when they didn't have. So you think a team goes, oh, there's no Odell. What do we do? Panic? No, they go, there's no Odell. Like that's what a team. They have a whole week to plan. They go, yeah. let's stop. Say, well, even if I had a day to plan, what would it be? Stop Saquon. Right. Like, that's it. What are we gonna do? Stop the Eli? Well, similar, like similar to. And I'm not. I'm not saying that he's gonna have a bad year. So don't don't draw too much of a parallel here. But uh, Todd Gurley in 2016 didn't have any offense going on around him. He was completely all by himself hitting brick wall after brick wall and had one of the worst seasons uh, for a guy that was drafted as high as he was. And he entered in the next year, 2017, as like, what, almost a third rounder? People had written him off as being a top five running back ever again. I'm not saying that that's going to happen to Barkley. I think Barkley is special. Um, not that Gurley wasn't, um, but I think that he he's going to have more offensive support in New York than Gurley had that year in 2016 for the Rams, but we saw Gurley disappear. Um, so I just think to expect him to be the top overall fantasy uh, running back is a high expectation given I don't think that offense is going to move the ball very effectively. Now, it sounds like you really like Tate a lot more than I do, so if that's no, the case, not, if I'm wrong about it. that much. No, that's why I asked you about yeah. it. Like, I'm, I had a question mark next to him because legitimately I thought he was pretty good on the Lions the first seven games. Then he disappeared on the Eagles. He's 30. He's turning 31 in a few months before the season starts. That's why I wanted to bring him up. Like, yeah. does this guy still have anything in the tank? Because I think it's a legitimate question. He could. What I, what I'm, and I, I didn't understand your Gurley comparison till the end. What you're actually comparing is Gurley's year before he sucked. Because before he sucked and he was – that was his rookie year, I think. Um, he was balling and everyone had him like whatever it was, top three or yep. number one, whatever it was. And yep. then he felt – that's actually the year you're talking about because Saquon did good 
So well, we saw Saquon do good, but you're saying that that you, we saw Gurley fall off from his rookie year, which is an exact parallel because this was re- Saquon's rookie year. Yeah. And you're saying we saw Gurley fall off, I believe, sophomore year uh, with Jared, uh, with Fisher, Jeff Fisher. So you're saying this could, we could see a fall off with Saquon. I mean, I'm just going to disagree. Like, I yeah. see what you mean now. I saw the parallel you draw. Yeah. I don't think so. I think Saquon is that talented. And uh, what, one thing I do like about Saquon, though, this is like his stat line. Uh, uh, like, Kamara, he gets zero rushing yards, zero receiving yards, and he'll catch the ball nine times, right. seven times. That's seven points in, in, no, in I, I, PPR, and, and again, so I love that. I want to make it clear. I, I still have him as my number three running back. But so. you said – you said – Getting him out the top five would be insane without Tate. And I'm like, well, we saw him play without Tate and without Odell for it's a, good point. a lot of the time. And I, def- I think it's insane not to have it's a good, top five it's a good every point. week. I, every week he's like my number one or number two yeah. run back like well, last year. Like he was that good. It, it's definitely, I think, in my opinion, debatable if he didn't have Tate. Now he has Tate. They, they're going to improve. Um, and, and the thing is they would have addressed the wide receiver position regardless. So it's not like that wouldn't have changed, you know, and they would have. They probably still will in the yeah. draft. So yeah, if they, I'm, not, I'm not that big on Tate. You know, like yeah. I said, it's a question. I have my notes. It says golden Tate question mark. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just saying temper expectations if they don't improve anything. That's my advice to people. But I could be wrong, and he could continue to go nuts even without any support. But I'm just saying, given that we saw it is possible for a player at that level, because Gurley was about that level, I think, in a lot of people's eyes, vanish. You know, And I'm not saying he'll vanish. I'm not, he's my number three running back. Um, but I just I think Kamara and Zeke are much, much safer in much better situations. So for me, situation can be king when you're talking about all things being equal in terms of talent um, i just want to be on the record saying saquon barkley is my favorite running back okay i like him uh not necessarily like rankings i'm just mean yeah. like, you know, like in general like my favorite running back you know i got you and he's, he's amazing you know and yeah, I think he's that, so fun to watch and to prove my point about the offense more so the barkley i mean barkley's still uh you know right i got camara number one just because i love his situation i love camara i think he's so productive in ppr and like you said i, I really only rank for ppr uh, but I, I think Barkley's still at that two. You know, he's still right there, maybe even above Zeke in terms of dynasty. So for me, he's still awesome. I still have him my number two dynasty running back. I, uh, more more questions for you. This, yeah. this is going to be good. So okay, uh, I feel like number two wide receiver is going to be very important to identify on these two teams for fantasy. So Green Bay Packers and Steelers. Who's the number two wide receiver there? Uh, wow! I like how I'm interviewing you. Yeah, was, yeah. Oh, this is so cool. I'm yeah. Like, now I'm interviewing. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I see. I asked you if you wanted to do a, a mutual because I was thinking we both could use oh. uh, use the content for both our sites. So yeah. Um. So I, I, I think that uh, you're gonna have um. Geronimo Allison's a, a a player that I liked a lot last year. I don't know, you know, health wise if he can get back to being a guy you can rely on. I think Scantling um, could be could have some intrigue. I don't know that we're going to have a guy that's going to be a you know locked and loaded wide receiver three coming out of offense. We could, um, but I don't think we're going to know much until until we see both these guys in the field because I think Allison and Scantling both have upside. Allison kind of, I think, was their default number two last year until he just couldn't. I, see, I don't know what how many games he missed. Do you remember what, what the – He missed quite a few. Yeah, over so, so it kind of took him out of the running of being that breakout wide receiver that a lot of people had. I had Allison as a guy that you definitely could maybe use as your wide receiver three heading into the year, um, but it just didn't work out. He missed um, – 
played five games, so didn't get to see a whole lot. But I do like him if he can get a chance. I don't know that he'll get that that role. Um, they might spread it around. But uh, if he does get a shot and can stay healthy, I think he's very, very capable of a high-end wide receiver four on your team if you're in a deeper team, deeper league. They, they could draft the tight end possibly too, yeah. uh, Hawkinson or Noah Fant. And if you know they're drafting Noah Fant, then he's going to be in like in the receiving game, yeah. involved in the receiving game quite a bit. What what about the Steelers though? Uh, I like Washington a lot. I think Washington could could be pretty good. Um, I think that that. Uh, you're going to have Ben Roethlisberger need to throw it to somebody else. Um, and I do think Juju Smith-Schuster, similar to well, – okay, so what's your take on Juju while we're on the topic? I think it's funny when people say that he's going to be focused on and shut down um, and not have a monster, monster year because he's the only guy now. I I think when you have James Conner and Samuels together as a, an awesome running crew, one of the best in the league – uh, with an offensive line like they have, with the fact that Juju, I think, can be their number one wide receiver and get a, a massive amount of targets. They have a three, a, core, a, a a trio that is as good as a lot of teams' trio. And just because they lost Bell and Antonio Brown, people are acting like they got to downgrade that offense. Yeah, they're not going to be quite as good, but they still have a better offensive attack than a lot of other teams. Um, so I, I find it funny when, when people say that Juju is going to be run into a lot of double teams and not be able to produce the stats that people expect because a lot of receivers do that. What there are a ton of receivers. Look at Hopkins, look at a bunch of Mike Thomas. They're not they don't have an Antonio Brown next to them. So what makes it impossible for Juju to break out? But James Washington to answer your question is probably the the default uh, you know, wide Number receiver two. two. But is he really good? And and they also, yeah. I just, I didn't even, this one slipped by me, but Dante Moncrief's on the Steelers now. Like, I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they'll have a number. I guess it's more clear who's the number two on the Steelers than it is yeah, on the Switzer, Packers. Some people like Switzer. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sold on him yet. I mean, he hasn't done much. No, he's just he has a small role. He'll have yeah. a role. That's for sure. Like he'll be he'll be in the mix, but I don't. He, I don't. He won't be number two. Yeah, though, they're the number smart. Two guy. They will use Samuels out in the slot. They'll use him as kind of a, a wide receiver because he was a he was a tight end eligible guy in college um and he actually entered last year as a tight end in yahoo leagues and, and then developed i believe his running back eligibility so if samuels is yes, still a, if he's still a tight end in yahoo uh that's a great grab but i think they'll use him quite a bit as a receiver regardless of what they do with connor and then james washington i think will pick up the slack uh won't be i think he won't be near what juju was as the wide receiver to him pittsburgh um, but I think Juju Smith-Schuster is about to have a monster year. Well, I thought I think Juju is top seven regardless, and I was a little bit with that hype. But okay, he's going to get triple team now. Um, that's my initial reaction, yeah. and I don't like that. But still, still top seven undoubtedly. Yeah. So I but upon further examination, and I got it up right here. Antonio Brown, when he missed games, this is what I heard. I'm not. I just can't even see if he missed any. When Antonio Brown wasn't doing much, it seemed like Juju did okay though. Um, did, Antonio Brown didn't miss any games last year. Maybe, maybe it was 2017. I'm looking at Antonio Brown. He played every game except that Week 17 debacle. Yeah. Uh, 2017, Antonio Brown didn't play Week 16 and 17. Juju, this is just what I heard. Juju Week 16. He did pretty good. Week 17 did pretty good. I think the team kind of fell apart. So we have a very small sample size when Antonio Brown didn't play. Yeah. 
in 2017. So I, I took it kind of back, like, all right, he can he can do it. He still will see a lot of double coverage, and I think we still have to wait and see. Because, yeah, you gave examples, but is he as good well, as keep in mind, Mike he, Thomas and Hopkins? Well, keep in mind he was a rookie last year, so you know he don't really have much to go on other than last year, and he's improving. So I think breaking out and becoming, you know, I'm sorry, not looking at Washington. Um, get, oh, James Washington. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're talking about Juju? Yeah, Juju. Okay. Now he's in, in his third year. I mean, he should be able to do it, but I still think there is some risk there that he because because playing alongside Antonio Brown, I mean, that's pretty dang sexy, man. Like Antonio Brown is going to get a lot of attention. He's going to get the best cornerback yeah. on him at the but, very least. Yeah, but to have nine hundred and seventeen yards and seven scores. Now that we're talking about uh, Juju. That's a big year for a rookie. Um, I just think that yeah, you know, he wasn't even that good as rookie. Yeah, year. he still did. He did good. Yeah, you know? he's just so elusive. Him and Calvin Ridley, I believe, could be the future in fantasy at wide receivers uh, because you know, obviously, Mike Thomas, Devontae, those guys are still going to be there. But I think these are the two guys, Calvin Ridley and Juju, that, that climb up and become those you know low end tier one wide receivers that that become staples for years and years to come I, I, I like both of them their play they're hard to contain you can't double team them like other wide receivers they're just very elusive the type of wide receiver like antonio brown they can get open in double coverage line up all over the field do a lot of crossing patterns these guys will find a way to get open what about the saints trey Quan smith would be number two wide receiver there you think because i think that's the Cameron Meredith too, right? That's I mean, yeah. who's the number? Because this is this is what's up with the Saints. This is why I bring them up. Because um, you can put a cornerback to cover Kamara on third down. You can double team Mike Thomas, and that's when the Saints struggled. Was like that's the only two guys they had on their team. They didn't have a tight end. They didn't have a second wide receiver. So it was like if we can just stop Mike Thomas and Kamara on third down, mm-hmm. the Saints can't move the ball. And it was true for a lot of games. They kind of worked it out, but that's when they started to, the offense stalled a little bit. So it's like they really need that second option yeah ted ginn will probably survive in his normal role but i think if anybody could emerge as the number two would be traquan smith i mean jared cook's gonna pick up a lot of receptions and be kind of like a, a nice little end zone target for them and drew Brees. so um you know i i don't know that any saints wide receiver two is going to be in my lineups on a weekly basis but i think that smith has at least the potential um but cook camara and thomas i think are going to hog up most everything I think Gin's passing the torch to to Traquan, yeah, because they need, yeah. Well, anyway, on my sleepers, I do have uh, Jared Cook as a tight end sleeper. Like, I feel like that's not that great of a name, but I wanted to throw that out there. Like, Drew Brees, man, he's so dang good, and they do need another option to throw to, and you gotta focus on Kamara and Mike Thomas. Like in, especially in the passing game, you mm-hmm. just have to shut those two down. That's their money plays, and those guys are so good that Jared Cook is going to see a lot of um, a lot of mismatches out there and less focus. Yeah, and Breeze does really well with a tight end that is capable of 100, 100 yards in a game, like that kind of receiver, not just a you know guy that's going to grab a touchdown of forty yards. Like he he thrives when he has a, a tight end of that that caliber and i think cook coming off of 896 what 101 targets that's a that's a pretty awesome year 68 receptions six touchdowns he could easily have 906 in new orleans easy i think he's he's got a very low floor uh and uh the risk is is not that high 
Um, what's his ADP? Do you still have that ADP data up? Yeah. I'd be interested to see if he's – because he, like Najoku, I think is in the range where there's no risk. Um, so if you grab, let's say, those two guys, you're probably looking at an awesome duo um, that could they could have you finishing in the top 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 five top six tight ends. He's mid round ten, twelve team yeah. PPR, right after Trey Burden, who I who Trey Burden hurt my feelings. So I'm, not <laughs> draft, I'm not drafting him anymore. <laughs> uh, he's not a bad option too. Uh, Najoku, Burden, and Cook are actually probably my, some of my three best targets for guys outside the uh, I, I don't like Burden. I'd rather go and joke. I'd rather just see what's what else is yeah. on, out there because the the Bears spread the ball. Well, Taylor Gabriel's my friend, and he uh, he uh, he messaged me uh, about that. I made like a little. I'm like, dude, you don't know who's gonna go off on the Bears. Like this offense is just. Yeah. They got two running backs going. They got three wide receivers going. Uh, maybe sometimes even four wide receivers, uh, depending what happens. And then they got you know sometimes one or two tight ends. Like he's just like ah, let's go. And then Mitchell Trubisky is like he's so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. It's just like that's why. I don't like Traber. I'd rather just I'd rather find somewhere else. I hear you. Like I'm way way. I'd much rather have Njoku. Like I because I, I mean, come on, May. I like Mayfield more than yeah. Trubisky. I hear you. Vance McDonald's a guy I'm huge on. His ADP will probably catch up. Whatever it is. What's it? Vance at? McDonald, uh, round seven. Is just this guy's gonna. So we're talking about who's the you know Steelers this and that. Vance, no Jesse James, no Antonio Brown, no Lev Bell. I mean, you know, you're talking about Jalen Samuel. He should be a receiver. Switzer, like that's all gravy, man. But it's like Vance McDonald's gonna get so many more targets, and this guy is so fun to watch with his stiff arms. I feel like he's pretty good tight end, and just needs the opportunity now. Yeah, I think his best year was uh, was last year, right? Um. Yeah, his best. He was year. on the Niners, you know, like behind Vernon Davis most yeah, of the time. Yeah. He just really didn't do much, but um, just the opportunities he's got. He had like two of those highlight reels where he stiff armed the dudes. It was just insane so, stiff arms. So his stat line last year: fifty receptions for six ten and four. What do you project him to have for? 2000? Oh, that's nasty because he's basically splitting time fifty fifty uh-huh. with Jesse James. So what do you got? Um. I don't. It could double. Well, double. That's the potential. It could double both the yards and the touchdowns. Is why not? Like, how is that? I know it just sounds like oh, it's bold, but how? Why not? No Jesse James, no AB. Yeah. Well, that put about you're not. A, you're put not about, replacing AB. That put about a hundred receptions though. What I think. Uh, yeah, hundred wow. receptions. I like. Yeah. No, I like it. Uh, the thing is, when someone's bold on something, I love it. So I'm, I'm that's okay. his upside though. I'm like, okay. okay. Real r- realistically, yeah, it may not be there. Like that's his ceiling, but it's like, but why? Yeah. Why I can't come up with a reason to why not. I, why not is if they draft a tight end. Everything I do is pretty much bold. All my content. So one thing you'll always hear from me is when someone goes nuts on somebody, I'm never gonna say they're crazy. I'm never gonna say that's insane or you shouldn't. So I love it. Uh, even though I disagree with the numbers, I, I like them a lot. Um, I think like, you know, 70, 65, 70, something like that reception-wise, 800 to 900 yards, maybe six touchdowns, seven touchdowns could be his max. But I love it. I love when someone goes all in on a player and, and they and they go bold. So I, I dig it, man. Keep, keep keep going. Keep throwing them at me. Yeah, so his his ADP is going to go up to around four or five. It's seven, mid-seven right now. It's going to go up. If not – you know who I, you know who's my starting tight end. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And not, I'll, not I'll be a, drafting him to trade him right to you if we're in a league. 
Now I have a poopy one. I don't. I don't know. Just throwing out George Swaim, Jacksonville Jaguars, tight end forty four or something. I don't even know. But uh, you figure someone's got to do something on the Jaguars. It's not looking good. I see them drafting like Metcalf, just going insane. Um, I know they'll probably take a defensive player. Swain, I think they got the seventh pick. Swain could but, double his TD production next year, which would be two. Which is gross. Yeah, I was going to say, what? <laughs> doubling? Like, <laughs> what a stark difference. He had one TD, uh, he could double it to two. I agree. I'm, I'm on board with that. At least with Swain, we don't have to read all these um, crazy Cowboy fan comments. Because you know how these Cowboy yeah. fans are. So at least when we talk about George Swain, we don't have to deal with these Cowboys guys anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, thank, I'm gonna pull, thank God. I'm going to pull up the ADP so I can roll with you on it. Oh, it's probably unlisted. No, I, yeah. I I pulled it up, so I got it up right here. No, I mean, like, it's not – he's not being drafted in. It's oh, right yeah, team. yeah. He's like tight end 40, dude. He's like really, really low. Um, Swain, yeah, not even in 14 team. Are right. you taking a risk on Tyreek Hill in in the, the range that you'd have to take him in, which would be at the very, very latest bottom of the second? Can I plead the fifth? Because it's like, <laughs> so early. Yeah. Like, there's obviously huge risk. I love Tyreek Hill's upside, but, like, since I don't have to draft him right this second, I'll just wait and see what happens because he has some off-the-field issues, but seems like he wasn't directly involved in it. I don't know. I didn't even look into it because I don't care. Right now it's April. I, I don't have to draft him. So I'll just wait and see. And what did you say his ADP was? Uh, right. on According to this, uh, it's I think it's higher than it really is. Um, Hill is at 2.06. Yeah, I mean, I like him there a lot, but I have to wait and see because I don't want to draft a guy who's going to be suspended yeah. like, games or go to jail or something. I let crazy. it downgrade my Hill projections, but I don't let the possibility of, of Hill missing affect Mahomes too much because, you know, it could be a couple games. It could be whatever. Uh, but I think it does impact you drafting Hill. It doesn't impact me drafting Mahomes. I think it's, I think it should factor it in. It's just yeah. I don't think it's too significant. Right. Look, if he misses a couple games, that's different. That's like don't factor that yeah. in. But if he's like at risk of being traded or being dra- or missing, you know, half the season or something, I think you should weigh that significantly into Mahomes. What so Tyreek Hill is a game changer. What are you bro. thinking uh, happens? He's good. Oh, I have no clue. Like I said, uh, off the field thing happened, but I don't think he's directly involved in that. So I think nothing will go- come from it. Um, but that's just uh, that's a pure guess. Yeah, um, I don't think there's anything new on it. I'm trying to pull up some news wires here. Uh, rumblings earlier that he came up in some trade conversations. Yeah, nothing, nothing for a while on that situation. So it could linger into the next year and not even come up uh, during the year. So I think overreacting is bad, but I think not factoring in a little bit is is bad as well. So I think I'm going to pass on him at 2.06, make him someone else's problem or someone else's, uh, you know, breakout or. or uh, monster steal but um i'm not willing to take the risk when i have other names you know right there like juju or because i don't know if juju is going to climb up but he's right at 2.62 look uh, we got four months if nothing happens in four months i think you're i think it's safe so yeah. that's that's the realistic t- like we're not drafting until four months so four months from now um if nothing happens i think the risk is so minimal um if there's talks about it then I see you passing him up. But he's closer to a first-round pick for me if we didn't have this right. risk. Adam Thielen, 2.12. Too high, too low? 
I don't know about these guys. These Vikings receivers yeah. are so weird. I know you like me. Minnesota, so the, or you like Kirk Cousins, but no, I, I, I don't. Little... I don't like them at all. <laughs> I like Stefan Diggs. That's the only guy yeah. I like on the Vikings. I like Stefan Diggs. I like Diggs, um, but I don't like my person. Like I don't let that get in the way though. Right. Like uh, Adam Thielen's obviously talented, but he was the, one of the most extreme cases I've ever seen. First eight games, Adam Thielen's best wide receiver. Amazing, balling every game, getting 100 yards. Uh, second half of the season, completely disappeared. And they changed their offense to more of what they're going to, to roll with this year toward the end of the year. That's why Dalvin Cook has such a big end of the year because that, yeah. that's the offense they're, they were showcasing that they're going to run <clears throat> this year. So it will phase out Thielen a lot. I think he's a very risky second-round pick. Um, but, you know, there's a point where I'd take him, but it's not going to be anywhere near the 2.08 to 2.12. I'll probably – tailor my um my strategy to avoid him so i'll be like i already got hopkins i already got adams i love those guys you know like devonta adams most consistent receiver you'll see like i'm good i don't need to take you know you'll see me deploy that those two teams that i posted on instagram the mahomes three wide receivers and then the mahomes and zeke and camara you'll see me deploy that in an auction or two and i'm going to write about it and do some videos on it but those are my favorite approaches in 2019 but i'm crazy i like the grind and the work that goes into trying to land those running backs i'd rather crash and burn trying to hit that home run that's how i play fantasy football it's boded well for me um it's just my style and i'm and i'm really good at those sleeper running backs and sleeper wide receivers so that that is one of the most attractive and most fun play ways to play but if you don't if you're not good if it stresses you out to, to work the waiver wire if it stresses you out to do trades and you're just that guy that wants to draft and not worry about your team that's not a strategy or approach for you <laughs> i tell people that all the time yeah well Overall, the strategy should be to go boom or bust because you're trying to win first place because second yeah. place means you lost. Yeah. So that overall, you know, if I'm generalizing it, in auctions, I guess there is a debate whether you go balanced strategy or uh, what's it called, studs and duds. Yeah. I'm, I'm always going studs and duds. I don't know the numbers behind it or whatever, but uh, balanced is so boring. Yeah, I agree. I'd rather just not play. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it's fantasy football is supposed to be. Fun, That's what I mean. So. I'd rather swing and miss, uh, but yeah, doing something exactly. that I have fun with. You know, what are the? I don't know how long you played fantasy football, but I'm I'm dating myself here. But back when Priest Holmes was uh, the man, I, I probably had more fun owning Priest Holmes than I did any other player in fantasy football in the entire. He's my he was my all time favorite fantasy football player and favorite player. Uh, owning him was like just the most enjoyable Sunday morning uh, fantasy football event every single Sunday. That guy just walked into the end zone time and time again. He'd have those four or five you know, TV games. and um, I don't know if you – did you play back then? He was a beast. I, w- I played right when Priest Holmes was starting to pass the torch to, like, was it Larry Johnson, yeah, Larry Johnson. or something? Passed it for so two Priest years. <laughs> Holmes, so Priest Holmes was still, like, the starting running back when uh-huh. I played, but it was, like, around the – like, it was at the end of his – yeah career or at least at the end of his production day you know yeah. when he was balling okay uh any last uh guys you want to toss out before we oh yeah yeah so um whoever the bears kicker is going to be i think is going to be a baller like i always and this is why i look at kickers um because it's 
Um, just like with any type of marketing or anything, like kickers are the least important position. I always draft a kicker with the absolute last pick. Like I always do that. But if I'm able to do a little bit of research, because nobody does any research on kickers, I'm usually able to get the advantage. And the only time it didn't work out was last year. I drafted uh, Carlson or whatever, the rookie kicker for the Vikings. And uh, kickers, it was a weird year for kickers last mm-hmm. year, this past year. Um, but other than that, I've been really good. And whoever the Bears are going to sign, I really think I like him. I think actually they did sign a guy with a funny name. It was like Redford. It almost Redford nah. Jones, I think, is their current kicker. No, nah, they had a guy with a, like a name that could be used as a punt. Like his last name was like Upright or something. <laughs> <laughs> something like or uh, Fails or something. No, no, that's a quarterback. Well, anyway, whoever they're starting kick, as long as he's decent, I like him. And then there's a super sleeper for those of you guys in weird leagues. You know, I'd say one percent of our listeners, viewers are in weird leagues. Like, I, I you ever heard of these thirty-two team yeah. leagues? I don't know what the heck you guys are thinking, but like yeah. I said, to each his own. If you like that, I'm still willing to help you out. I'll still give me your advice. Just don't send. How me do you not win games. when you have the first overall pick or the second over? You know, <laughs> like that's crazy. Imagine, oh, you make you make one small minor mistake and you're dead. I mean, imagine get, doing the 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 draft order and you're like, you're either going to get one or thirty two. <laughs> like, well, um, you dude, you can do it because you stay up twenty four hours, but yeah. it's like just completing the draft is hard yeah. enough. Like, all right, let's get ready for the 12 hour draft if it goes fast. Like, nah. Anyway, um, the 49ers, I don't know if he's still on the team, signed John Brown, super sleeper kicker. So keep tabs on John Brown. Obviously, Robbie Gould is franchise right now. Maybe they trade him. Maybe he gets hurt. Maybe they cut John Brown, which is the most likely scenario. But watch where this guy gets picked up he's my super sleeper kicker and every year teams need kickers because of all this debacle going on and uh, people getting injured um for for defenses i think the bears are hands down the best defense in the league i almost never reach for defenses either um i like the browns and colts this year though i feel like those are two defenses to target um especially if the browns and colts bolster their defenses through the draft which they probably will be probably will happen probably the will. Browns. i like the browns a lot overall uh very exciting team for 2019 yeah remember when garoppolo took over the niners their defense got better mm-hmm. So it's like I feel like if Mayfield does play well, it's going to help their defense too, especially if they go like they put up scores and then they just go into pass rush mode. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to be trying to get after the passer and and work on their pass defense because teams will probably have to throw the ball uh, against the Browns. I'm probably staying away from the Rams and Chargers because I feel like they have too many holes like the Rams. I feel like you can throw on them. And what's a cool thing, the Super Bowl taught us so much, even though it's the most boring Super Bowl. It taught us so much. It taught us a lot about Todd Gurley. It taught us about Sean McVay, all these memes about trying to find the next Sean McVay. Teams are scrambled. They're like, oh, crap, maybe we shouldn't have did that. And it taught us about the Rams' defense that you can have an amazing D-line not that their D-line is perfect, but still, just in theory, you can have amazing pass rushers however you want, whether it's interior linemen or defensive linemen, pat rushing the pass or outside linebackers. You need coverage because if you got a guy like Julian Edelman, a guy who, you know, who they throw the ball to in two seconds, 
the pass rush doesn't get to you in two seconds. So you need some kind of coverage, and there was just too many holes in their coverage, and Marcus Peters didn't do that well on the Rams. So I didn't like them. The Chargers, they seem to be taking a step in the right direction, but they have these dope cornerbacks that never do anything any year, and they're so soft in the middle. So I think they're trying to bolster up that middle linebacker position or the middle, whatever they're trying to do. They're trying to bolster that up. But I just don't know if... They can be a good team. They like the, you know, it's good on paper, but when when you see it, uh, not so much. Good, all good. Uh, I think defenses and stuff that are out there, people definitely, I think, look for that kind of content because a lot of people don't focus on it. So that'll help some people. Um, give me one uh, before I let you go. Give me one dynasty prediction or breakout or guy to watch for that you know in the coming years, whether it's a rookie, whether it's. Uh, a guy already in the league that you think that is a guy to own now because the value is amazing. Go trade for him. He's going to be a stud. And I give you that's, t- a, that's a tough question because, like, um, I mean, I don't, the obvious is there, you know, Chris, like someone just traded for Chris Godwin uh, in my league. Uh, I really like Joe Mixon, but he's not in a, he's not on a good team. Um, Ugh, that's that's so tough. But as far as rookies go, I'm really interested where these wide receivers are going to land. I think that's the biggest. Obviously, there's going to be a bunch of stuff. We don't know what's going to happen. But the biggest question mark is where these wide receivers are going to go. Because we have wide receivers going uh, as early as top 10. Sometimes some go in the some going in the first round. The same guys might go in the third round and could wind up on any team anywhere. And I think that's the biggest one. I guess you could say the same with running backs too. But not too many running backs are mocked to go early. Uh, there there could be five wide receivers going in the first round. Yeah, it could be seven. There could be three. Like you just really don't know. So I'm gonna keep a watch on like Hakeem uh, Butler. I like that. Um, Harry, um, I'm, I'm a huge DK Metcalf fan because I like you, you know what you get with Metcalf. You're not getting AB. You're not getting Wes Welker. You're not getting, um, you know, the, you're not getting that type of wide receiver. So I'm really interested to see uh, where he lands. I, I absolutely love DK Metcalf. I, uh, and the reason I brought up the rookies, too, is because that is the one that I'm going to, I guess, close out with is that uh, Nikhil Harry is uh, – probably one of my boldest predictions I've ever made, and I'm saying that he's going to be a top uh, four to five fantasy wide receiver within you know one to two years. Not right away, not as a rookie, but we'll, sh- we'll see flashes of him become that. But I truly believe, and of course situation matters, but sometimes the receivers can mature a little slower, but I think he will mature regardless into that type of role. But whether it's in his second or third year versus his fourth or fifth will depend on where he lands. But I think that Akil Harry could be, he has all the skills to become uh, a top four fantasy, top four to five fantasy wide receiver for the future. I love Nikhil Harry. I want to own him in every dynasty league I have. He's definitely going first round, right? Like, I mean, we we think so. He's got to, you think, but anything can happen. But I, I would think top twenty picks for sure. But where where do you where do you think he uh, would go? Where, what's a good scenario? Is uh, I was thinking Chargers possibly. Yeah. I mean. Um, yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, Raven, Ravens, oh, see, that's uh, yeah. got to be good. Uh, come on, your your uh, your bold prediction is going to wither away if he goes on the Ravens. I think. <laughs> well, it, it could definitely uh, take a turn, um, but you know you got to 
You got to predict. That's the thing in this business. You, you got to predict. We got to you know make assumptions. So I'm assuming that his landing spot won't be there. Um, if it is, then I'll have to readjust and, and figure out if I'm if something I'm going to keep in terms of. Uh, my expectation in terms of the long term or if it'll just make it a slower growth process. But, um, yeah, I mean, where he goes, that that uh, that's the question. Um, let, let's pull up an NFL draft uh, tracker uh, pick order. Um, so you're thinking he goes in what range if you had to make a prediction? Well, we said I got we got a mock draft on our site. So I got um. We got like a head-to-head one. I did one with Mike, and I think we got him at the Chargers at 20. Oh, Mike got him at the Chargers at 28. Okay, so you're so, thinking the 28 range. Um, Chargers, who else? Uh, the Colts probably won't get him. I mean, the Raiders, it seems kind of crazy. They could do it. They'd though. go wide receiver. They could, but it's like they just got four I mean, of them. I mean, yeah, would, if he falls, I definitely see it being more realistic. But they could, the Raiders could do anything. They could draft a quarterback early. Yeah. You never know. Ravens right there. You wonder if the, you wonder <laughs> if the Texans would consider it. Um, there are a lot of talk about A.B. going to Houston, so it's not unthinkable to think they'd want to add a receiver versus a you know, defensive piece. Or, um, But there, there are definitely plenty of spots they could – kind of sour my outlook a little bit um but you know hopeful that uh, he, he lands in the right spot but i think talent wise it's there um and that's kind of what i have to go on right now and assess because i'm not going to sit there and say oh i'm not going to make that prediction because i don't know where he's going to go um i do you know factor in and tell people that situation could dictate a lot but talent wise based on what i have in front of me right now he's a top five wide receiver wide receiver skill set wise and things can change quick with the with the team so if he lands somewhere that's not you know, most ideal, it, you know, things can develop, but yeah, I wouldn't like the Ravens. I hope it's not the Ravens. Um, that would be one situation where I, that's the only, I think that's the only situation yeah. that would suck. Cause I, all these other situations I could see him, uh, being, being good. Yeah. Maybe he lands in New York for you. Yeah, no, they got the they got that extra pick because they traded Odell. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be super happy about that, but it definitely could be worse. So uh, because I think they'll change, you know, the dynamic uh, who they have passing the football in, in 2020 and 2021 is going to be very different. Uh, it won't be Eli, I don't think, but um, so things change quickly. So I'm not going to be down on that. I actually, you know, probably look at that as uh, okay. It could take maybe a year more, but being there with Barkley, that offense could definitely improve and become an elite. Uh, offense very quickly as soon as they got a, a passer in there. So the Giants would be a good long-term spot for him. Yeah, most definitely. Okay. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on, man. We we, were, we took what was going to be, what, a 10, 15, 20-minute interview, and we're approaching uh, one hour, 59 minutes, and 50 seconds. So good job. We're going to be over two hours. That was my guess. I guess it was two hours. That's good. Me. I'm not looking at the time. I got to go pee, though, in a little bit. That's all I know. Yeah. Do you, are you good doing this again? I, I had fun, man. I think we, we could do a, yeah, we could do a, good, I do. Could do a collab yeah. show uh, on a regular um, because I think that uh, – this meshes pretty well. You're you're thinking my thinking, and I think we have a good flow here. And I think people will see what people think when they watch it. But I think it, that's what I was gonna say. Let me know of all the worst comments and the like. Let me know what people think. Whether it's nasty, whether they liked it, not don't you know don't have that guy back. He's trash, or he was cool. Like yeah, we could use him back. Yeah, I'm always down, dude. Like I said, this is like what I what I like doing, and um, yeah, man. Make sure uh. Your listeners, check me out on uh, Anything Fantasy Couch. Uh, YouTube's my main thing, but uh, Twitter, Instagram, 
Um, so yeah, just check Definitely. me out, Fantasy Couch. I have a free ebook. We talk about that next. I call it the Ten Commandments of Drafting. Okay, we'll talk about. We'll like, yeah, we'll we'll definitely collab later, and I, I could talk about that and some cool stuff, chicken wings and beer in there. Yeah, and I'm definitely gonna watch uh, that video you told me to watch, and and definitely skip through real quickly. Uh, also, a video that you won't be able to muster through, but definitely look at it. I um, before you know a lot of this, I've been I've been on the Todd Gurley don't draft Todd Gurley thing for a while it's a big theme on my channel um some people get tired of it because i keep because his adp isn't falling i continue to beat a dead horse but i actually went on youtube when i kind of started this channel as a way to kind of promote it i said no todd Gurley" five thousand times in a row it took me over an hour and a half um just constantly no todd Gurley, no todd Gurley, no todd Gurley. so i've done some funny uh little promos for the channel uh that, <laughs> oh, that to try God. to get it going and, and I, I plan to do a lot more of that i might i might go on with a no james connor uh not too sure uh it does get a lot of hate because of the dynasty owners of those players but it definitely is a a, a funny thing to a lot of people but um yeah, so there's a couple ones for you. And if you could, t- I'll definitely send people your way, guys. Uh, Hussein the Brain at Fantasy Couch. Make sure you follow him. Check out his book on Amazon, right? Yeah, the book's on Amazon. Yeah. I also have a free ebook on uh, on fantasycouch.com yeah. if you want to check that out. It's all good. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, man. Send some subscribers my way because I'm, I'm growing this thing, man, and I, I plan on uh, having it in a good year or two, I hope to, to be. You know, at your size, I know that's a lofty goal, but I think that the kind of content I'm producing, I'm cranking it out like almost on a daily basis with awesome videos. Um, you know, that's my goal, man. I know how to grind, and I just uh, appreciate any help you can send my way. And I'd love to do a lot of collabs so that you know our users kind of get to know both of us on on both sides of the fence. Yeah, man, for sure. Send me the link. I'll post it out for you, Todd Gurley Dynasty owners. It sucks. I feel for you, uh, but I'm a I'm a side with Smitty on this one, man. It's a Earmuffs. lot of risk, lot of risk right now. Earmuffs. I, I, you know, yeah. I, I wonder. Feel sorry for those guys. If I saw Todd Gurley on the street, do you think if he you know if he did have any idea what I was saying? I'm sure he doesn't. Do you think he'd give me a throat punch? Right to the. Oh no, he would just <laughs> not 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 like you. <laughs> Uh, and, and come on, he gets he gets. Didn't he do something where he didn't he didn't score? Right, it was that yeah. one week where he got like thirty three, thirty eight fantasy points, and, and then like he didn't score. And uh, yeah, he even got some flack for that. So it's like some hate for that. So he's used to it. I mean, he's in L A. Yeah. So no, nah, he wouldn't punch I, you, I, but I'm he good. wouldn't. You know, he wouldn't be like, hey, you know. He's not going to come on my show is basically what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah, he wouldn't come on your show. There's plenty of other NFL players out there. Yeah, well, I'll have Jalen Samuels on. Uh, Yeah, that. see, there you go. That's realistic. I reach out to him all the time. Uh, I'm anxious to to finally get him to respond. Um, But, you know, having someone like him on or Nikhil Harry, one of my big, you know, bold predictions for the the Yeah, that would be dope. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Hussein the Brain, Fantasy Couch, guys, check him out. I appreciate you coming on, man. I had a lot, a lot of fun uh, throwing some names back at you, and uh, let's do it uh, often, okay? All right, guys, I got to go pee. Nice having me on the show, man. See you, man. All right. Good job. Okay, so uh, we are interviewing Hussein the Brain from Fantasy Couch, a uh, very uh, big uh, channel on YouTube. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself, how long you guys have been on YouTube and how long your site's been going and a little bit about what you guys do and offer. Yeah, like in 2008, I was part of the um, 
the school newspaper like someone was like hey there's a video editing job you should join i was like no that's stupid and then there i was like all right i'll join so i learned a lot about journalism and i was like kind of gave me free reign so my buddy was like hey my classmate my friend was like hey let's start a fantasy football show so we started doing that and as you know like there was hardly anybody doing fantasy football on youtube so like even with not knowing what you're doing you still got a bunch of views on there so it was like kind of successful and then we were like let's just start our own thing after we're graduating college so we started that and it was a lot of ups and downs like the show wasn't that good and but we just kept sticking to it and like the cliche that people say okay when when things are the worst um and when you were about to quit that's when you usually have your breakthrough and that's totally true because um and let me know like correct me if i'm wrong but like all the fantasy people i talk to if things aren't going well they quit in two to four years on average that's like the right time frame i'm all about numbers you know like fantasy numbers go together (laughs) so it's like two to four like i've never really seen anybody go five years or more if things are just crap so we went what's the math on that we you know we're going five six seven years right pushing the envelope (laughs) yeah and it's like it's not going bad but it's like not anywhere like it's just not fire and it's like you know i have high standards it's got to be fire like it's got to be big numbers or big money or just something like it's got to be just just really really good um something's got to be going really well and it's not like it's not a full-time job you know, some you know some good stuff, but you know I'm just trying to sum it up. So anyway, we do a lot of parody videos. You probably seen me like I'm, I write some sarcastic comments. You know I do some funny stuff here and there. So like we love comedy, and we always did Pacquiao parodies, Tiger Woods parodies, like that Nike commercial Tiger Woods did, and like they was always got a good views. And so. We're defeated, and we're like, let's go one more, one more Mayweather-Pacquiao fight coming up, and we're like, let's do one more parody. So we're just going through the motions because me and my buddy Mike, we've been doing this from day one. This is how it started, and he comes over. I set up the green. You know, like you know, like it's not yeah, like not a lot of talking, not a lot of joking. It's like, hey, we're doing this. We're tired. So okay, do the green screen. You know, get that ready to go. He's got his Pacquiao wig on, his Pacquiao coat, and we feel, and then we start having fun. You know, he starts like trying to fry some eggs with the gloves on. Uh, you know, he's he's like drinking Hennessy. He's doing like he's lifting weights, and uh, he's got the belts on. Like it was, and it just it just went viral. Like not viral in the sense that you know usually people think one to ten million views, but it got fifty thousand views overnight, uh-huh. and everybody was saying it's fire. Dude. You know, we got. Go ahead. Do you know where that got picked up? Was it just through YouTube-related uh, search or searches, or did somebody well, we post know, something? We know what we're doing. So this is the plan. This is, like, super, super top. This is, like, really valuable information. It's, it's easier said than done. So, like, we've done this so many times. We knew what the deal was. So what we did was we filmed three different videos. But I mean, like, they're very, like, barely different with a draw ending, a win ending, and a loss ending. Mm-hmm. And we had it ready to go. And I upload it right as soon as the fight finished. So that way, you know, when people are searching, there's like a crazy peak. Like it's an insane peak as soon as a big fight like that's done. There's so many 
many searches all over the place. So that's yeah. really – you know, like it's so simple, but it's like, you know, it's easier you know said than done. And that's what this one guy did. It Like he did an Obama parody. He knew that Obama was probably going to get elected, so he did an Obama rap parody, and it blew up like 20 million views like instantly. Mm-hmm. Like So that's – we did that. And it worked, and it gave us the spark to keep going. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you got to watch that video. It's it's so okay. dope. Like everyone I'll from kids to, to adults love that video. They said it's hilarious. People say they watched yeah. it 20 times in a row, and we've never got that type of reaction, you know? Yeah. Like, so, and then we just kept going, and then um, – you know, I came out with uh, certain things like people are cop right now. Um, I, I came out with it's called Let's Draft, and people copied that right now on YouTube. Like, I'm probably not the first person to draft on a video, but I'm yeah. the first person to put my face on there. And I got that from the gaming channels. Like, I try yeah. to incorporate like cool YouTube stuff in my channel. So I'm a YouTuber first and foremost. And so like people like and I, we've always been knocked off, and it's just it pisses me off because people knock us off and knock me off before i make a lot of money like if i made a ton of money and people knock me off all right i got you know i ate a good amount of the cake here's a piece like it's gonna happen but like i've had to get so many trademarks and no one's giving me credit for the let's draft um series and like you know it's just going on but it's it's cool i'm not mad like i'm not it's not a sob story it's just like i gotcha you know like we've seen success but there's been like some huge road bumps before I feel like the real success has come. Yeah, and I, I don't know, again, how much you know about my history or even some of the people watching from your side of the fence, but uh, I, I'm i a dinosaur in this industry, and a lot of people don't know that because my, <gasps> my The Fantasy Football Show channel is new. But um, because I came from a different place, I came from the, uh, the from Fantasy Football Starters, which closed its doors about two or three years ago. Um, so I've started this brand, and I'm trying <gasps> to get it up, up and running. But... Uh, I used to run uh, Fantasy Football Extreme back in 2004, 2005, and I actually invented the first instant trade calculator and first instant draft simulator, at least that I could find documentation on that was on like a big site being used. Someone might have been toying with it in their garage. What year was the uh, draft simulator? Uh, the trade the thing I kind of see, I feel like that's easy. I yeah. feel like the draft simulator is more significant. Yeah, so, like, I want to say was two, that? 2004, 2005, right, right around that range. There oh, were, man, there, that's old as hell. I, I know, and I I've never heard of Draft Simulator till I've seen it on Fantasy right. Pros five right. years ago. So That's you can imagine crazy. my my frustration seeing the industry blow up because I'm an innovator. I love to innovate, make new things, do new things. Hence, while I'm throwing out this new fantasy football show brand, uh, because I want to I want to dominate the video space as well as I've done like radio. I've done radio for 15 straight years. I'm on 1580 CBS Sports. Uh, the longest-running fantasy football radio show in the world that we can find any documentation on. 23-plus years I've been on it for 15. So I'm like you, man. I'm an innovator. It's in my blood. Um, and it, it pisses me off, too, that you know you see so many people using it. And I couldn't I – couldn't, uh, I was you know 20, some early 20s, couldn't patent a trade calculator. I couldn't patent a draft simulator. Um, you know, nor do I think you could protect something that all the way around uh, so that people can't come up with it. But there were a couple sites. There were like football guys had like the draft dominator that you download, and there was some kind of trade analysis probably in that. Um, I, I think there was a couple of the site that actually acquired my site that I worked for had a draft analyze or a draft and trade analyzer that would do it slightly different. Mine was instant. You click any number of players on one side, any number of players on another, and it tells you what the value is. And I have that on my site now. Um, and it's very much enhanced from the, that time. But I'm like you, man. I mean, doing that stuff in the beginning, 
and trying to get ahead. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm blessed to have a huge following behind me. I just, uh, you know, like I said, having this video show is my next step, and I'm planning on taking it by storm and, and doing doing great things with it. So I appreciate you coming on and uh, being a part of it uh, and just uh, getting a few few faces like you on the show has been pretty good. And I interviewed uh, a couple guys from Football Guys last time, um, but, uh, you know, glad to have you here, man. Dude, one of, we're one of the top fantasy football channels now. That's like, great. Uh, twenty, not not huge, but like medium sized now. So, uh, what are we at? Twenty four thousand subs great. on YouTube and, and keep growing. And then, um, I came out with a uh, with this book, uh, best selling author. Show it up to though, the, like, put it up to the. Uh, well, I didn't. I don't, I don't like. Like, I don't really want to promote promote right, my man. book till the end. Like, you know, I have to have people like me first. Yeah. Before I like, no but um, but the th- why I really want to show off the book is like. Um, like I, I can read well. I mean, I can write well, but like I have super ADD, super OCD. Yeah. I can never read a whole book. Like so, like reading is like really, really tough. It's like torture after like two minutes, four minutes, five minutes. Like it's so hard to read, and uh, just accomplishing that just goes to show. Like people that know me are like, "Wow, you really like wrote a book? Like that's crazy yeah. for you." Like editing, I can edit a video because that's what I used to do, uh, music and and videos. So I, you know, I went to film school, so I can edit a video five days straight you know barely eating sleeping like that's not like i can do that but reading a book you know proofreading it and and writing it that was really tough and then for it to be a a bestseller was just like a dream come true it's just surreal like um it's great we beat like uh, Harry Potter. It was that J.K. Rowling. She came out with like a, a how to play one of these fantasy yeah. games, but it just so happened to be in the same category. And Sal Palantonio was did did it the same week, and then uh, Carson Wentz wrote like a forward. That's great. And, like beat all them. Like you have to be bestseller for like a week or a day or something. Yeah, that's great, man. Um, yeah, I've I've written a couple things that I never I never got published, but uh, someday hope to. But. Yeah, I mean, running out of time is a lot. Do you, how many guys do you have working for Fantasy Couch? How it's many? really just me now. Okay. Like, we got rid of a, a lot of the writers left, and it's been so much better. And my buddy Mike, of course, like, we do a podcast together, and he helps out with a lot of stuff. But it's mainly, like, it's more like a personal brand. Yeah. Uh, just me on the videos, usually. And, like, once we stop trying to be something we're not and have a bunch of right like we had 11 writers total one point it just was so much better and that coincidentally aligned with the same time we just took off from three thousand subs to six thousand to nine thousand and then it just went to you know like sixteen thousand subs twenty four thousand subs like that where'd you get get your pop so i started in january um with this new channel uh so really starting from scratch um and I, I have about six, uh, 30 something in three months. Is that good to your standards? And when did it pop for you? Because it's what's it's, 30 something? What does that mean? What, what, no, I said I have 630, 630 subs, very small number, but for three months. So I think we're popping quickly for the amount of months we're on. But for being only being up for uh, three months, where did you get your pop? Was it a thousand? Was it three thousand? Was the, it five? The thing, yeah, this is how I put it. And, and there's so many different perspectives to put anything in. This is my hands down perspective. So whatever, however you want to grind it, whatever you think is, you know, it's it's up to you. But it's ten thousand or bust. Once we be when we're at nine thousand, people talk to us differently, and they're like, you know, we're more like just some guys 
it was just a 10k mark it's like a um it's like a superficial number like it was a huge celebration to us but more huger to to everyone else how they perceived us because once that digit grows you know it yeah. says 9k or 9,000 whatever you know like the digit looks different uh-huh it says 10k and it sums it up instead of 9,000 whatever it was just totally different people hated us differently like we don't get a lot of haters nowadays yeah like we got we used to get a lot and i used to suck like i used to suck at hosting the videos and doing that because mike used to host them he left but it's bro 10k uh the sponsors yeah. the partnership the way people talk the way people perceive the views everything changed once we passed the tank i call yeah. it the 10k barrier yeah like the sound barrier so it's how much you want to grind and get to yeah. 10 that that's all that is is, is what do you want to put in how much do you want to wait do you want to improve or whatever you got to do to get to 10k that's up to you but yeah. that's the goal it's 10k or bust i don't care if you're at 9k or 9 yeah it doesn't matter well, you got to get to 10k i do pride myself on not being out hustled in this business in this industry and having the experience to weather through the ups and downs of growing something from scratch because i've done it four times now um so i definitely uh definitely have your passion and i'm, I'm the same way I, I watch a lot of people come and go uh and you know people close their doors all the time and um I've, you know i've been here for 15 years i'm not going anywhere and i'm grinding every day doing this stuff so i do plan to have the numbers that you have um, and I, you know, strive to get there really fast. So, you know, I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate any help you can send my way. Get get a couple subs uh, <laughs> my way from today's show. Um, okay, so let's get into some of the fantasy stuff. Um, you know, I won't keep you on too long. I know we've talked a lot already. Um, I'll be on as long as you want. <laughs> okay, let's go 24 hours. Did you see my 24-hour live stream when I kicked off the channel? I went 24 straight hours. 24 straight. I don't want to do 24. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go up to 3.5 <laughs> hours. But, but check it out if you haven't. I'll check your video out, but you check mine out. Uh, I'm not watching you for 24 well, hours. That's in, just, Dude, I have serious just ADD. Click, I have serious ADD. Just click around a couple times. But I'll I, skim through it. I can skim through I went, it. Yeah. I went 24 straight hours, didn't sleep. I took like four one-minute bathroom breaks um, about maybe five but so i literally about five minutes wasn't on camera just put a sign up you know just like i have a graphic up for your name right now put a sign up in the bathroom don't leave um and man it was brutal and my girlfriend was not super thrilled uh but was such a trooper during that because every time i got a subscriber uh, i rang a bell i rang this bell right here it's just loud it's super loud uh and i rang that all throughout the night so it was a fun event